Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What an interesting uh, past week or weekend. Did you guys know that the Grammys happened? Because uh, I didn't. Uh, I, I, most people probably don't. Their ratings are in the gutter. They're down to like 9 million from a peak of 39 million 10 years ago. So uh, nobody's watching. But I guess in a desperate attempt to be relevant, they staged a satanic Grammy performance with Sam Smith and Kim Petras, sponsored by Pfizer. And it really is that sponsored by Pfizer, which made everybody laugh because I don't think it's big news that an award show did something unholy or whatever. They try and do edgy, satanic stuff all the time. Uh, all the time. I mean, we, we've seen this stuff going back forever. People trying to be shocking or whatever. And then, uh, But this one was interesting because one of the performers, Kim Petras, is uh, mostly well-known for getting a sex change operation as a child. And so you had this individual up on stage being congratulated as the first trans woman for receiving the award. And so there's more to the conversation than just a satanic performance. This is a standing ovation from Hollywood for child sex change surgery. So, of course, there's a lot to talk about in, in, insofar as the Grammys are an attempt at a cultural institution. I mean, they were at one point, not so much anymore, but that's probably good news. And we'll talk about that. Plus, the balloon, it was shot down. Then all of a sudden, we get this report from an anonymous official saying that, well, under Trump, it happened three times. Then you get three former top officials named saying never happened. And even if it did, like, or, or, and, and, and you know how you know it didn't happen? Because nobody saw it. Nobody took a picture of it. No pilots complained. There was no, there was no reports from any aviation industry uh, company or, or individual like this one. We discovered it because people saw it happen. So it turns out, Probably one big lie. Now they're claiming, actually, the Biden administration only just discovered that three times the balloon traveled over the U.S. during the Trump administration, and just nobody knew. It's amazing how that stuff works. So we'll talk about that and a bunch of other ridiculous stories. Apparently, Hunter Biden is being touted as like the next great artist or some kind of great artist. And uh, there's an article talking about his paintings being sold for half a million dollars a piece. And we, we've known about this, but, you know, we got to talk about it. And then there's a famous pro surfer female who is threatening to boycott the World Surf League unless they stop their new rule, which would allow biological males to compete against females. So this is really interesting. It has to do with more trans issues. So we'll talk all about that. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to support our work directly. You can click that Join Us button if you want to get access to exclusive members-only segments of this show, Monday through Friday, as well as our, as well as our other shows like the Cast Castle Vlog and Tales from the Inverted World. And uh, you're also helping keep our news team afloat, make uh, shows like this. It's all thanks to you as members. So become a member, but don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel right now, share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about all this and a whole lot more is John Rich. Hey, Tim. John Rich, who are you? Yep, I am my... Good old boy from Nashville, and I uh, love your show. Make oh, a little country you, music, man. and uh, you know, you guys came through Nashville. We got to hang out a little bit, just a little. So I thought I would uh, come up to your neck of the woods and see what's going on up here. Right on. And yeah, you got a, you got a new song coming out soon. Is that what's going on? Man, I got something cool happening. So you know, 
making country music my whole life, big and rich and all that. But I became a fan of this guy during the pandemic. Um, started scrolling through watching videos and I run across this guy and I went, what in the world is that? And the deeper I got into his music, I thought this guy's dropping more hammers per square inch in these lyrics than maybe anybody I've ever heard. It's Tom McDonald. I went, this Tom McDonald guy is vicious. So I went and followed him on Twitter. Um, and a couple of days later, I checked, and he was following me on Twitter. I said, okay, I can send him a message. So I sent him a message. I said, hey, I'm a country guy, big fan. What do you know? He, he knew my music. And so we started talking uh, back in that summer and just kept in contact. And, and I hit me up, oh, probably a couple months ago. And he says, hey, man, I've got the song called The End of the World. Do you want to hear it? I said, well, hell yeah. I don't hear anything from Tom McDonald. He sends me the song, and it was just brilliant as it always is with him. He goes, you want to sing the choruses, man? I said, me and you, like a duet, you know, like together. He goes, yeah. I go, wow, the cowboy and the the, <laughs> the rapper with the face tattoos from California doing a song together. He goes, yeah, man, if you want. So I sang on it, and it turned out really great. And uh, working on shooting the video, and we'll put it out. It's up to Tom when it comes out, but he says very soon. So probably the end of this month or next month. So right on. be on the lookout for that. Cool, man. Thanks for joining us. It should be a lot of fun. We also got Hannah Claire hanging yep. out. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. I also occasionally go on Pop Culture Crisis. I'm working on making my intro longer per request. Uh, but yeah, thanks for having me on tonight. That was awesome. Thanks. John, awesome to see you again, my man. You too. Dude, yo, we went to your house. I know. We took a tour. The place is phenomenal. You got a huge stage we played on. Yeah. Saw the rooftop garden. Not really a garden. Mostly grass and things like that on the roof. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again. It was excellent. I still, I get this is incredible feelings from that Nashville visit. I hope well, to do it again. Someday you have to do this show from that stage in the house and like set the band up and do the whole thing. Oh, that's sounds perfect. good. Let's you know it. what I mean? Rock yeah. and roll. Yeah. Hell yeah. Next Be time blessed. we're in Nashville. Let's well, I'm Ian Crossland. Yeah. If you don't know it, check it. Serge Dupreya. What's up? I am at Serge.com on Twitter. I'm ready to get started. All right. Here's the first story. We got this from the Post Millennial. Breaking. Sam Smith stages satanic Grammy performance with strippers and devil horns. Petrus danced in the cage. Smith wore devil horns while dancers in long red robes with straight uh, hair fawned around him in a ritual circle. All right. I'm going to say it first off and, 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 and first and foremost. Yeah, I don't, I don't really care about artistic, faux, satanic, whatever. But there's more to the story than just a performance of the Grammys. I think it was uh, Brett Dasovic from Pop Culture Crisis was mentioning that Marilyn Manson did stuff like this in the 90s. It's, it's not shocking to be edgy and be like, ooh, I'm going to wear devil horns. But there's a couple things about it. Notably, we have this tweet. Brought to you by Pfizer. Let's uh, let's 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 play it. So you've got you know Kim Petras and Sam Smith, you know, cheering and getting some award, and then this. It just really feels like um, a trifecta of right wing talking points happening all at the same time. You have an unholy song is called Unholy, satanic imagery. Brought to you by Pfizer. And one of the individuals, uh, Kim Petrus, is famous. I believe, I believe Kim is from Germany and is famous for appearing in a documentary requesting a sex change operation at the age of 13 or 14 and actually having received it as a minor. So all of these things together, we're not just talking about an artistic show that's meant to be shocking and edgy. There are actually are elements that many people are shocked by. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Is this... Uh, I don't know, people overreacting, or is it just is it one of those I things? I don't think brought to you by Pfizer's an overreaction. That's weird, man. <laughs> the corporate, I mean, it's as, as far away That's from rock and roll as you can possibly get is corporate Pfizer, like corporate money, drug, drug 
companies. I mean, hey, they, they made 50, what did they make, like $50 billion, 100 billion or something in profit? Oh, I don't gosh. know, what was the number? Uh, I don't know. Was it that much? It, Pfizer? Yeah. In like, like one year? Yeah, or, or maybe in the past two years, they made like 100 billion oh or something. Well, well you, have, been... you have guaranteed government contracts, that's basically free money. You know? John, you've been to the Grammys yeah. multiple times, you say. Yeah, I was, I've been nominated for nine Grammys wow. throughout my career. How many satanic performances did you see? I, to, to, the, to date, I've done a total of zero satanic performances, so I guess I'm not the cool kid anymore. Yeah. I think it's uh, to see this sponsored by Pfizer, brought to you by Pfizer. I thought, oh, there's the drugs and the sex drugs and rock and roll. Maybe that's what that is. <laughs> Just different kind of drugs. Man. You know, the kind that you have to take that nobody knows what it's going to do. Well, you, you ever hear that like, I don't know, old trope of the hippie becoming the business person when they get older, like the boomers were all young and wild and crazy, and then they become suits later on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm wondering if the real story there is that the hippies stayed hippies and suits stayed suits, and we just assume that because boomers were hippies, boomers, be, like the hippies became suits or whatever. But it's like, it's just a funny thought that sex, drugs, and rock and roll goes from being in the alley in the gutter and just STDs, doing hard drugs and playing music and just degeneracy to... On a stage in a multi-million dollar, um, a billion dollar industry with choreography and performances and pharmaceutical drugs, yes. not street drugs. What, what I got is this isn't even really satanic. This is like, if satanic's like Ozzy Osbourne chewing the head off of a live bat. That or, was an accident. Yeah, it was an accident, but he did. And there's blood on stage. Maybe not satanic, Ozzy. Maybe <laughs> not. People pouring blood on themselves on stage. Like dark, you know, that's a little more satanic. This is like the image of satanism. It's not even real satanism. It's it's all faux. Like they put on red and they have fire behind them, but it's like supposed to be. It's called. Uh, it's even called unholy. Like it's supposed to be satanic. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe the singer who is advocating for child sex change surgery is the thing that's. You know, this is Sam out. Smith. I'm just gonna say Sam Smith ripped off Tom Petty with that. Won't back down. Won't you stand my ground? That song that he did. He got yeah. sued for it. And he lost. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Tom Petty ended up his ended up making uh, residuals off that. I think part of the whole performance is that it's so... Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Surface level, right? Like truly provocative things. Your audience is going to stand up and applaud afterwards. Be like, so great. Good job. Like this was no matter. They could have done anything. They could have gone out there and done nothing. Stood still. And the, the audience would have been like, wow, groundbreaking, amazing performance. So glad that you guys did that. Uh, I think part of the I think you're totally right. It's not even uh, uh, a very uh, original uh, depiction of like Satan and like semi-anti-Christian imagery. I think it's sort of cheap and done to make it seem like we are still countercultural, but really they're not. They are the mainstream supported by a major drug company coming out and, t- and uh, promoting talking points that are more and more part of the mainstream narrative. Like, yes, everything we're doing is okay. It's it's like they want you to know, be edgy and they can't <clears throat> anymore. You know, you know what I, I'm just not into is... It seems like the principal commentary in all this is that the performance was satanic. And I'm just like, okay. You know, if you want to talk about Sam Smith, non-binary, child sex change operations, Pfizer being the sponsor, I'll be like, let's talk about massive multi, multi-billion dollar corporations sponsoring satanic shows that I can get. But it seems like most people are just saying like, look, they wore devil horns and they were dancing in red. I can't believe it. This is pure evil. And I'm like, well, what, what about it? 
Because, I mean, are we going to, seriously, we'll go back and talk about any any death metal band or, like, black metal in Scandinavia and all the dark demonic imagery they, they use? I yeah. feel like there was more backlash when uh, Miley Cyrus came out and, like, twerked on someone at one of the award shows, mm, right? That's like, arguably and, more satanic. Being sexual well, is and, like... And people were more upset about it. You heard more of both sides being like, she's so liberated, that's inappropriate, whatever. This, it's just like, yes, we're completely falling on party lines, right? There are the people who are annoyed by it are annoyed, and the people who like it like it. I mean, there's I no nuance to it anymore. If they had, if it had been green light, all green, and they were wearing shamrock hats, <laughs> no one would mention Satanism. <laughs> they would, and it would be called. They, no one even question why I was called unholy. So it's like the, the it's like the visage of of evil, just to like sell tickets. They're like, look how dark, look how bad yeah, look we how can provocative. be. Too. We're yeah. Pfizer execs. Look at what it would have been. Do. It would have been an awesome show if they were green with jam yeah. cats i'd have been i'd have been into it then the I'm irish community that. is like take it back immediately like, what's wrong Sam? with us well the whole Very point funny. the whole point you spend millions and millions of dollars for visual visual elements to music is to sell more music it's to sell music sell tickets it's it's to push the music further like you got a song you want to put a great video behind it so more people see it and hopefully love the song and it becomes your thing and and people sit around and have really big meetings around really big tables like this at record labels, and they spend tens of millions of dollars behind a lot of these artists, all for marketing of the music of that artist and marketing the artist, so more people will want to consume that content. So when you look at this performance on the Grammys, they're sitting there going, what's going to make the most people like this artist, like this music, you know, come to the, come to the party here? I know what, let's just simulate hell on stage, and then let's tag it with Pfizer, which is the biggest cuss word in America right now, this is the pitch. So what does that what does that say about what they think about the audience? That this is what they're going to pour their money into for the visual backups of the music. Yeah, they probably think we're really gullible and we'll bite and start talking about they it on think, TV. Exactly, and we did. Well, I of mean, course, I did. I'm, yeah, I want to talk. But that, about but that cuts both ways because you want people to like it. We don't like it. We're seeing it. and We're repulsed by it. But so, the, you know, this is what happens with with everything culture war related. A lot of these big companies know, uh, I'll give you an example, when uh, Jim Jordan was talking, we'll, we'll get super political, Jim Jordan's talking with uh, Chuck Todd on Meet, on Meet the Press, and he says, you know, with, with Donald Trump, you had the Secret Service protecting these documents, you had them locked, the, you had the DOJ actually came in and put the lock on it with Joe Biden, they're stored in a garage, Chuck Todd immediately comes to the defense of Joe Biden, despite the fact that any sane, reasonable thinking person is going to be like, what the, are you talking about? Like, Chuck Todd's like, no, 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 Trump did it, Trump did it. And it's like, he just laid out for you the details of the story. You're not refuting them. You're just saying, yeah, well, Trump is bad. What they're doing is 2012, they had 39 million viewers, the most they've ever had. The year before was like 29, typically averaged around 27, 28 million viewers. Then there was this massive drop off from 2019 of like 18 million viewers to 8 million. Then in uh, in 2021, I think 2020 to 2021. Then in 2022, they had... I think about 8.93 million. They have no audience. Nobody watches. They'll take anything they can get. They are, they are so desperate for attention. And I, I imagine there's probably some executive or somebody associated with the Grammys. And they're sitting there saying like, guys, we lost 60% of our viewers. We're, we're dead in the water. What do we do? And they were like, people aren't going to want to watch shows like this. We need controversy. We need to piss people off. And here's the hope. Get a bunch of conservatives angry, and at the very least, you will rescue a liberal audience. So they start posting stuff like this, hoping that shows like this generate rage, but not that we will watch it, that the tribalists in the cult will say, 
well, we're big fans of the Grammys, and then they will start endorsing it, and the machine will then prop up the Grammys. I think to your point, uh, Beyonce won. I think she just became the most Grammy-winning artist of all time at this Grammys, right? Beyonce is one of those things that, like, she's one of these artists that, like, can do no wrong. And people, even if her music is bad, even if she's not interesting, even if she's involved with scandal, even if her husband or her, her sister is filmed hitting her husband in an elevator, like, she survives anything. She's bulletproof. So to be like, and we're bringing back Beyonce, who can, who you will rally around no matter what, is sort of this way to keep an audience that, you know, they're not trying to win us over. They're trying to win their base back over. Uh, and I, I mean, Beyonce won for uh, Renaissance, right? This is like just after she per performed in... Um, in the Middle East, at, in a country that's completely anti-LGBTQ, even though her her album is supposed to be based off the Black LGBT experience, like it it doesn't make any sense. They don't have to follow their own rules. They just have to bring out the figureheads that they like and know that you'll cheer for them because it's making someone else angry, someone you don't like angry. I didn't know Beyonce performed until just now. I care so little about this whole. <laughs> I'm, I'm a musician, and I don't even I talk to me. This I, I credit all of this knowledge to pop culture crisis. I go on and they teach me about these things. Yeah. Uh, I knew she was performing because an influencer that I follow on occasion was at this big private resort opening and she was performing for like some crazy amount of money. But what, what happened to music, John, in the last decade? Well, uh, that's a great question. I, I just hearing hearing and you're right about what they're what they're trying to do is to you said salvage what's left of their liberal base. That's a good way to put it. But then I have to think. Well, what's wrong with that base that that would salvage them? Well, I think... I mean, you understand that's how regular people look at it. Like, I'm a dad. I got two sons. You know, they can't... I, I'm not going to let them watch the Grammys. I mean, one of my sons caught a little piece of it and said, Dad, it looks like they're all in hell. And I said, no, we're in hell for having to watch it. Let, you know, change the channel. I mean, he, he was going, what am I looking at? You know, a little kid who loves music. And he's seeing that go on, like 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 Sam Smith is being devoured by demons on the stage when they push him down at the end, like they're eating him or whatever that was supposed to be. And then brought to you by Pfizer, my son goes, the vaccine company's behind this? I went, <laughs> yeah, he's 11. Well, so it used to be that there were very few channels. Cable TV didn't get really that much ratings because it cost money. And so the Grammys probably got 30 million viewers because people turned on the TV yeah. and that's what was on. Everybody was talking about it. Then the internet started becoming more and more prominent. YouTube videos. I remember back in the day, in the early days of YouTube, you, you could put out a video and these big channels would get like a million hits because it was there was very few, there was, very, there was very little content on it that was worth watching. A bunch of weird stuff like a, a person filming a birthday party, then all of a sudden, higher quality content. But as more and more people started to use the internet, things started to decentralize and viewers started to flatten out. So I remember talking to some big YouTubers who were like, you know, we used to get a million, million and a half. Now we get 50 to 100K. And I'm like, well, yeah, now you're competing with 10, 100 times as many people. Mm. So the ratings for everybody drops. And what ends up happening is extremism and drama and uh, hard, hard like view politics are your path to getting clicks. So the thing about news is that everybody knows. Everybody knows everything, right? The balloon happens. Someone posts on Twitter. There's a balloon over Montana. Instantly, everybody knows. So there's no there's no news channel. You can't make a news show and be like, ladies and gentlemen, there's a balloon over Montana. They're going to be like, dude, I heard that on Twitter. Instantly, you're telling me nothing. So what ends up happening is that news programs become people programs where they talk about their view of the news, like what we're doing, quite literally. But more importantly, they realize there's more views in talking about personal issues. So here's what ends up happening with something like this, in my view. 
they know they're never getting back those 39 million viewers because that was a captive audience. But if they're going to get back any amount of viewers, they need to create a tribe that will latch onto them. Do this and you will get hardline, hard politic, woke, liberal people who will defend you and watch just because you're on their side. That's how it works. So I think if this is the path things are going, part of me wonders if these platforms will die off because I'm hoping, you know, here's my gamble. Human nature is some people may want the shot content, the, the tribalism and the drama, and some people might want the conversation. And I'm hoping the conversation, the ideas are actually what's going to win. But I got to be honest, I'm not the most confident considering that these companies keep doing stuff like this. They're not backing down. Maybe they'll fail and got a business and we'll all be proven right. Or maybe what's going to happen is you're going to find that humans really do just want to consume gutter trash Coliseum content. Watch the lions rip apart the gladiators. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're talking about the Grammys, the people that the company that runs that might go bankrupt at some point. Is that the company you're well, talking they're, about? They're, they're, their views are down from two years ago by 60 some odd percent. It's, it's no longer that we have to wait a year to hear what like 30 people think is the best song on earth. At some award ceremony it used to be. Now the Grammys should have their own YouTube network or their own network where every week you go there and there's new videos and songs on Grammy.com or whatever. Yeah. They should pivot, like waiting for the Oscars to show, to tell me what was well, good. And, I already know I saw it. I don't need to. You and tell award me. shows used to have this exclusivity exclusivity to celebrities, right? Like they're coming down the red carpet and what are you wearing and who do they bring as their date? But now you see all of that on social media. Any celebrity who's appearing at these events has some sort of social media following. So some of the mystery of, you know, being removed when we didn't have social media, when you were waiting, you had to watch the broadcast to get all of these details about these people that you look up to or you're interested in or you're following or whatever. Like you can get that at the drop of a hat now. So you're right. Like the Grammys and all the other award shows need to adapt or die because I don't think anyone looks, I mean, very few people, I definitely don't look to uh, these institutional award shows to say like, ah, oh, yes, I you have recommended a good song to me. I will listen to it now. You know, like it it doesn't mean anything anymore. You're more likely to get a reference from someone you know personally, and then you don't have this elite space where you're saying, oh, well, I get to see the celebrities live. You see them all the time. They're overexposed on social media. Let's jump to this story from the Daily Mail. I saw actually this tweet first from uh, Jack Posobiec. Woke Disney sparks outrage with new kids cartoon that claims America was built on slavery as it pushes reparations and says Lincoln had no desire to liberate the enslaved. That last part's true. Lincoln had no desire to liberate the enslaved. That's a fact. Anybody who reads about Civil War knows that even the Emancipation Proclamation only applied to states in rebellion from the United States, meaning there were several uh, northern states that had slavery that were exempt from it. However, I think this is... uh, we, we, what, we, what we were just talking about is the desperate attempt to generate tribalism for, for money, mission-driven storytelling, because an entertainment product won't cut it anymore. And I think that's what this is more about. But this also results – I mean, look, look at this. This is what they're teaching your kids. The U.S. still has not atoned for slavery. And look how pissed off these characters are. You're supposed to, your kids are going to watch this and they're going to see a bunch of angry young people saying the United States is not atoned for this and they demand reparations when in reality the United States has, in my opinion, more than atoned in, in a lot of ways and in ways that it's not politically correct to talk about and that no one, none of these people will have an honest conversation with you about and they will teach your kids because two things are happening. One, the industries are dying. They need to find a way to make money. How are they going to do it? Okay, let's, we're, we're not going to get a general audience anymore. General audience is no longer a thing. 
with the decentralization of the internet and streaming platforms, you need directed audience. You need a core audience. Choose what your audience is. When I worked for Fusion, they said our target audience are young progressives, and that means we are going to side with them and tell the stories they want to hear. Outright saying, as a media company, we are here to say what they want to hear, deliver them a product. Not, we try and capture everybody and tell them the news. That, that was their mission. That's what this is. And so what I see here is, is the other thing is, it's the long game, man. Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to sit here and be like, well, you know, it's one show, whatever. Those kids are going to grow up. It's the only thing they're going to hear. Because people are too scared to speak up. And then this is what they're getting from, their, from, from Disney. And parents thinking in their minds, Disney is like Bambi, are buying this for their kids. But instead, their kids are being told that America sucks, has never atoned, and, you know, angry. It's, it's, what you're going to end up with is a, a group of young people who are extremely unhappy, hopeless, and pissed off. Well, I think when you said long ball, another thing came to my mind, which is there's a lot of people, Americans, born and raised Americans in big, powerful positions all throughout our country that dream of the day where America is no longer a standalone independent entity. They want to see one world money, one world military, one world medicine, one world everything. And you can't have one world anything as long as the United States is still standing on both feet and able to hold its own. So if you can disincentivize kids, brainwash them and grow them up into a young adult of military age that is not willing to fight for their country, they don't think their country is worth fighting for, guess what? They won't fight for their country and they won't be too upset if somebody wants to come in here and take the place over or take it down. You know, if you think about the, the World War II generation, I had the great benefit of being around grandparents, uh, my granddaddy, multiple purple hearts in World War II. You're around those people. You know, my grandmother's dragging metal in from the ditches around Texas to the schoolyard where they would melt it down and turn it into tanks and airplanes and bullets. That's what they had to do to save not only the United States, but the whole world. You don't have that attitude with a lot of young people right now. And stuff like this Disney crap, you say parents think that Disney's teaching their kids, showing their kids something good. More and more parents, Tim, are waking up to the fact that Disney does not have the best interests of their kids at heart. I can promise you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, you can look at the stats on how many people are visiting Disney right now. It is plummeting because people realize, hang on, these people are trying to brainwash my kids. These people are trying to teach my kids instead of me teaching my kids. Now, I don't know who in here has kids. Maybe I'm the only one. But nothing, we talked about this last time I was with you, nothing will bring out the vicious teeth of a mom or a dad more, whether they're a left-leaning parent, center, or right-leaning parent. Nothing brings their teeth out faster than thinking some stranger is taking their autonomy and authority away from their own household. That is when the fists come up. And so Disney's just doing it on a multi-billion dollar level. But again, it's like the Grammys. It's so blatant now. We used to accuse them of, you know what they're really trying to do, right? And they'd say, oh, go put your tenfold hat back on. They're not doing that. Well, we don't have to accuse them of it anymore because it's right Mm -hmm. in front of our faces and and parents are waking up to it. So good. I'm glad Disney is doing that. It's just another 
another uh, strike against them as far as I'm concerned. I th- what, one of the most frustrating things about the, the whole woke ideology is, one, it's – I mean, look, if you want to make an argument about slaves building the country and reparations, we can have the conversation. It doesn't necessarily have to be rooted in critical race theory and stuff. But the critical race theory stuff is resulting in segregation, racial animosity. And there's been numerous polls. I think Gallup ran a poll that said people view racial tensions in this country worse now you know, after the Obama presidency than before. Like, following his presidency, all we got from the left was race, 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 race. And and this is, you know, I'm growing up in a world where they're passing laws and, and uh, there's court rulings to end discrimination based on race. And you end up now with this. The U.S. has still not atoned for slavery, which is just generating, in my opinion, more racial animosity. That's you know, I'll put it this way. When I said that I think this country more than atoned, how about how many people died in the, in the Civil War? Like 1.8 million or something like that. Yeah. Now, granted, there's a lot of Confederates there, but let me just point out the Confederacy doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. And so after the, 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 the states that wanted slavery were crushed in one of the most bloody military conflicts ever, I'd have to argue that the North militaristically crushing the South was, and then all of the, all of the Northerners who opposed slavery, uh, and it wasn't completely about slavery, mind you, I understand that, but the end of slavery brought about through the Civil War, I think is, uh, it counts as atonement on the part of the North at the very least, and the South no longer exists. After the South was defeated, they were occupied by Northern forces in the Reconstruction era, which didn't end until there was almost another Civil War. So when they come out and they're like, this country still hasn't atoned, I'm like, I don't know, I kind of think like, Half a million to 800,000 dead soldiers fighting to end the expansion of slavery at the very least, which resulted in the end of slavery. Sounds like atonement for me, uh, to me. And then also keep in mind that uh, much of the country's expansion and development have to, happened after this. In fact, one of the key components of the Civil War was that Abraham Lincoln was saying, uh, I, I could be getting this wrong. It's been a while since I read about it. And there's people who know more than me, obviously, academics. But what was really happening was the current state of politics was to stop the expansion of slavery into new territories as they became states. Mm-hmm. So California, for instance, right. was never a slave state. It entered as a free state. It was always a free state. And so that was, it was ending the expansion. Slavery was, was, was being uh, suppressed, uh, essentially. Mm-hmm. So they want to argue it was never atoned for, but I'm like, man, not only was the political environment to shut it down slowly over time with massive resistance, those who tried to keep it were crushed with military force. And you want to talk about atonement? How about Sherman's march to the sea and the decimation of family homes and cities and villages or the ransacking and burning of Richmond? This this kind of stuff pisses me off because it's a bunch of ideological blowhards. And they put out these videos. I watched one where this woman's like, we should abolish private property. Also, I'm moving into my own house. It is, it is, it is, it is psychotic <laughs> lunacy that's going to result in in my opinion, all of these good things that we've retained while getting rid of the bad will be destroyed, will be wiped out, and then we'll all be left holding empty bags in the middle of the woods, fending for ourselves. Yeah, I was going to say, this show, The Proud Family, aired in the early 2000s, so I remember watching it as a kid. And I'm kind of sad to see them injecting this very, obviously, uh, pointed ideology into it because it was one of the first TV shows I remember seeing. I think it is the first time I remember seeing uh, Muslim characters depicted oh, yeah. on television. Yeah, true. There's like a whole episode yeah. where yep. she 
like the Penny, the main character, uh, does kind of like an exchange, but it's within her own school district with a Muslim family and she has to uh, uh, wear a hijab and like right. talk about it and whatever else. And like there are ways to talk about culture and ways to talk about the challenges different people face coming into America without it being like, let's all blame one person and let's have it be about how this country is bad. You know, mm-hmm. it, this show is actually interesting and this is the reboot. I wish they would have stuck with what they were trying to do in the early 2000s. Like inclusion, diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's a big part of the critical race theory is the inclusion of it. So why exclude? Why why talk about evil and them and those if you really want to include people in the process? And I will also say we, this country was born on the backs of British slave, British subjects, British subjects that had to fight a war to overthrow their slave master, King George. The whole thing, all of us come from slaves. Can you name another country that fought a civil war over slavery in large part? Name any other nation in the history of the planet. They've all had slaves. Every empire had slaves. Yeah. Is there any other one that fought a civil war to end it? Not that I can think of. I'm going to look up. I think it's just us. Yeah. I'm going to start look searching because maybe there is. Yeah. I don't know one off the top of my head. You know, head. they come after these kids young. Uh, the, the, the CRT stuff, um, that even landed in, a, in uh, a little too close to home a few years ago. And I, I read it, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking about there's my son sitting next to his best friend who he plays baseball with, who's black. My son's a white kid, and they're both reading the same thing. And it's saying, if you're this color, then this is what you're about. And if you're that color, you don't have a chance. And these both these kids are looking at each other going, my son felt like he needed to apologize. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, I didn't know, you know. They're little kids, and the other kid felt terrible because he's like, what do you mean? I don't have a chance. We both hit home runs yeah. last weekend. It's all negativity. Oh, just it's terrible. It is children. mind torture. Right. Yeah, it's it's dis- it's disgusting. Well, and like this is his best friend, right? Are they yeah. going to spend the rest of the time they go to school together being like, oh, wait, there's actually something terrible well, about they, us being friends? Well, they would if they didn't have parents that told them, hey, that's nonsense. That's true. And a lot don't, of kids don't, don't have parents that. like and that. And you're right. A lot of them don't. Yep. I, 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 I'm trying to follow up on this. It looks like maybe Brazil fought a revolution to overthrow slavery. It was this Pedro, Emperor Pedro. I'm getting this all wrong. I need more data. It's like sign up to look at Quora. I don't want to sign up, guys. Well, in yeah. uh, in the UK, they they uh, abolished slavery, I think, a couple decades before the United States did. So the argument from mm-hmm. a lot of these people is that if the U.S. never had independence and it was just a colony of the UK, slavery would have ended a lot sooner. I kind of don't think so. I think the Civil War would have just been the Southern revolution. I mean, that's basically what it was. The Confederacy was trying to secede from the Union, make their own country. And if the UK was doing the same thing, I'd imagine they would have done the exact same thing. The only difference is they'd be fighting against the the crown. I don't know what the strength of the crowns at, at that point. It'd be a really interesting history to see like the War of 1812 actually ends up as some kind of conflict over slavery or probably not because I think it was like 1830 or whatever the UK finally abolished it or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. Long story short, I think the people who write this stuff, they just have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. And that's a lot of what guides culture in uh, for humans. And man, I don't know. It's kind of depressing, right? So, uh, Bill Maher did this really great segment, I guess, last week talking about how culture revolutionaries want to erase human nature and you can't. Mao wanted to get rid of the four great olds or whatever, mm-hmm. old culture and stuff like that. And you can't do it. And then he says in the Soviet Union, they had this idea of like the strong Soviet man who cared more about being part of a collective than of individualism. And then Bill Maher makes the joke that um, 
When in reality, the, the Soviet man just wanted to wear a tracksuit, be on a yacht with a beautiful woman, and then he shows a guy <laughs> in a tracksuit or whatever. But the thing about, the reason I bring up Bill Maher is that, you know, he's very much in line with a lot of this stuff too. Notably, his Prager U, uh, uh, I'm sorry, his Prager uh, interview, not interview, but the conversation when he was on the panel, and Prager said they're putting tampons in the men's room, and, and Bill Maher laughed at him. Like, Bill Maher may be doing better than a lot of these mainstream default liberal types when it comes to not under, uh, when it comes to understanding some of the news and what's happening in our culture, but even he's behind. And so you end up with Bill Maher, who's supposed to represent like a higher class of political commentary. You know, it's, it's, it's smarter than Jon Stewart, but still funny, things like that. And even they don't have any, any, any idea what they're talking about. They're not reading current news. They're not talking about current cultural issues. They're behind the curve by a couple of years. So I don't know, man. Uh, part of me is not particularly hopeful, to well, be completely honest. If everything is racist, then nothing is racist. Yeah, true. And so the best way to keep people fired up about racism, because I, I believe that, that people that push crap like this, they want to see racism. They need to see racism. Mm -hmm. They need that hatred to exist so they have a reason to go out and make the money that they make doing whatever it is, the angle that they're mm -hmm. pushing. And so... You know, the best way to do that is anybody that I disagree with, I'm going to call them a racist. Yeah. And then the other person goes, we weren't even talking about that. What do you mean I'm a racist? They go, no, you're a racist. You just don't know it. That's part of the CRT thing is you don't even know that you're a racist, but you are. It's like, trust me. It's mm -hmm. like vaccines and Pfizer, right? Yeah. Like you know, you need another one. Now you need a booster. Now you it's, need another thing. Like if you solved racism, there's, wh who would fund all these nonprofits, right? Like, dude, exactly it right. happened to me in 2016. Best friend in LA. We were talking, talk politics every day, pretty much. Well, we would watch Rachel Maddow and he'd have CNN on the background. I was talking about Hillary Clinton's emails and her servers and like, oh my gosh, look at what she did with Sidney Blumenthal with Osprey Global Solutions in Libya to gun run for, you know, it's basically privateering. He's getting Sidney Blumenthal all this money. And he's like, you're, you're white privilege. You've got white privilege. Like it just came down to you've got white privilege. And I, it was the first time I'd ever been told that in my life. And I was like, what the hell is going on? I'm talking about Hillary's emails, dude. Look, look at the data. And he's like, you're just, you're just racist. Your white, your white privilege is coming out. And it was shocking. Blown, uh, powerless. I didn't know how to respond. How, no wasn't enough. No, I'm not isn't enough. If they keep saying it over and over. And I just had to disengage. I left. I haven't talked to the guy hardly it's, at all. It's really one of the worst things you can call somebody. What's, what's right. worse than being called a racist. Well, there's a lot of worse things. I don't know. I mean, that's like, if well, you, if, no, if you were lot. actually a racist, like a real racist, that's one of the nastiest humans around. If you're an actual racist, mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I've run into a couple of them, and you're like, wow, I don't want, mm-mm. You know, I mean, they're they're really nasty people uh, from from all sectors of the world that, that are true racist. Right. So when but you're called one and you're not one, and that word gets thrown around so flippantly, it... At this point, it almost has lost lost its sting because everything, like I said, if everything's racist, then nothing is racist. Most countries in the world are extremely racist. The United States, in my opinion, is the least racist place I've ever been. Totally. I think Sweden yeah. may have been one of the most racist places I've ever been. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and and uh, they 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 masquerade as opposing racism. Yeah. But then they're like super racist, but it's, you know. I mean, they can think that they're not racist because they have homogenous society, right? Like this argument gets made about Japan all the time. They're very strict oh, yeah. on immigration. You cannot live in but, Japan. But Sweden's issue is that they they kind of don't. They have pockets of racial minorities from other parts of the world that they've boxed in 
claim they're 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 not racist mm-hmm. and then segregate these people from their own society and refuse to hire them while acting like they're all progressive. That's right. that's what I mean. Like yeah, yeah. at least in Japan, they're honest about them being like our country is Japan for the Japanese, so you can't come here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweden's like, oh, we love and care about everybody. You know, they're allowed to come here. Everybody in the box. <laughs> and then right. I, I I heard this from a lot of people, even Americans. I heard an American woman who moved to Sweden saying that they wouldn't hire her because she had an accent. She spoke yeah. Swedish, but yeah, yeah, yeah. had an accent. And they were like, nope. There's like no integration. Did you get that yep. too? Traveling around? You've been around. How many countries have you lived in, Serge? Um, I have no idea. Probably like 10 or so. You, you were nodding when Tim was saying America's United States is the least racist? Yeah, by far. And people just don't realize that because they've rarely been other places. So they often talk from an American perspective about these things and think that, you know, people in, for instance, China, oh, they're not, they're, you know, they're like not, they're extremely racist if they're Han Chinese against even other Chinese like people within China. So. China, you say? Should we talk about China? China, we China. What, what, a, what a perfect opportunity China. for a segue. Hey, good timing. All right, <laughs> let's jump to the story. We got this from TimCast.com. Chinese surveillance balloon may have contained explosives designed to self-destruct. Anytime you down something like this, we have to make assumptions such as that's uh, uh, such as that said Air Force General Glenn D. Van Herc. I wonder if that's the real reason they did not want to shoot it down. Because the debris is one thing, but if it had some something in it really bad, I guess the concern is what if it had a bomb? What if it had some kind of device and shooting it down would, yep. you know, you poison or a biological weapon? You said it before the show, I think, John, the yep. uh, EMP, the best way to deliver it would be, or one of the best ways would be via balloon because it's so high up and then right. it's got just a wide berth of explosive. Yeah, it goes higher than fallout. an airplane can go to shoot it down. Like if it's at 150,000 feet. You know, you can't get a plane up that high, really. There there was a, a whole... Listen, you guys can go look it up, but there's an operation called Operation Hard Tack in the 50s. And it was nuclear test, and it was also EMP test. And the EMP test they were running, they were detonating the EMPs from balloons at about 150,000 feet up. And the reason, because that is the most... That's, that's the most effective range for an EMP to really do its damage down on the ground... And it, you can go read the report. It's a few pages long, but it's very interesting. So when I saw that that balloon floating across, I thought, "Is there? I wonder if there's an EMP in that thing. How many more balloons are there floating around? You know, we've always talked about what if the grid went down? You know, we all know you guys talk about that a lot. But, you know, if, if, if you had no electricity in America for a year, you'd have 10% of the people left. That That's not me saying it. That's all the military strategists that have ever looked at it. You'd have about one out of 10 Americans would survive something like that for a year it's almost unsurvivable so an emp uh an emp also this is an interesting thing that uh in iran and their in their war manifesto like how they would carry out a war they find an emp to be sharia compliant because the emp itself does not mass kill anybody mm, it's what the emp causes that mass kills everybody but the emp itself does not cause a mass death. As a matter of fact, it causes no death because it's way up there. It's Sharia compliant. So people don't realize that EMPs are the go-to, they're the go-to first strike weapon, put everybody in the dark. So when I saw that that balloon, I went, I wonder if there's an EMP in that thing. And maybe that's why they didn't shoot it down. I don't know. They knew it was coming for, I think, a week or But that's legit. It sounds dumb to people. Oh, that's so stupid. They're going to send a balloon up. Well, that's, you were saying it's because they don't have heat signatures or they have very low heat signatures. Yeah, signature. they're analog, basically. I mean, you know, there's not a lot to them and they move so slow and so high. You mm-hmm. know, they're in between the satellites and, and airspace and where the airplanes fly. So they're they're kind of in this zone where they're hard to get to them. 
And, uh, you know, if you send a missile in with an EMP, you could see that coming. You would see it take off and you go, oh, there's a missile. Try to knock it down. This balloon just kind of floats in. And here's a balloon floating from Alaska to South Carolina. And uh, Did it actually have I self-destruct mean, instructions aboard, like it was supposed to destroy itself afterwards? I was I reading that. I have no that. idea. Well, I don't think anybody knows anything about my, any of it. My first guess is that it was like a their version of like Google Maps. They were tracking. They're trying to like map the North America. But they just they're so poor at communication with the United <laughs> States. No one knew ahead of time. But then they blew it up. So either they're mapping like Google Maps and they didn't want to tell anyone because they're so secretive. Or they were actually like tracking and, and mapping all of our sensitive data at, on in purpose. And they came down on purpose. They said it was blown off course. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. thought it was blown off wouldn't course. That was have, the first thing I thought. Wouldn't they have notified someone if it got blown off course? I mean, Blinken was supposed to go meet with the Chinese government, and now he's not going to because... Oh, he's they, not. Yeah, because they couldn't... Like, the balloon being blown off course, especially if they were like, oh, it's just studying the weather. Like, why didn't you just say, hey, we lost our large analog balloon. Could you please let us know if you see it? But it, it like, wasn't you, blown off course because it was stopping yeah. and hovering over nuclear silo installations and would right. sit there and then it would start moving again. And it was sending data, let's be realistic, in real time. I, I, yeah. Without a doubt, I'd be shocked if it was not just what transmitting if, uh, data and the whole time they let it fly slowly across the United States and track that. What if there was a biological weapon placed in the balloon? So we want the balloon shot down immediately. Why was it allowed? Blah, blah, blah. If they were... I think I think Montana would have been a great place to shoot it down. No offense to Montana, but a lot of big open space. Mm-hmm. And so they could quickly come in, quarantine and isolate. Maybe their concern was then you're going to get into the press is going to be there. You shoot it down. Are you going to be able to contain the area in time when the debris comes down? They're already searching for explosives and they waited until it was over water to mm-hmm. take it out. Maybe that's what was their concern. Well, they it, didn't know what it had. It was it. over water in Alaska. Well, right. It was over water in Alaska. There's nobody up it there. It went over all of Alaska, and they so, said nothing. And it wasn't until someone and, saw it. Mm-hmm. Right. If you were if, if you were worried there was a bio a biological weapon on it, I mean, the least populated areas over the water outside of Alaska. And then through Canada? Came down through Canada? And then it came down through British Columbia. Well, any, and, you know, and, Alberta. If, if it did have something on it that was extremely dangerous and would, you know, sure. taking it out in Canada would be the best option because I know Americans get hurt. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, why That's didn't rough. Canada take it out? That's the real question. Tom then, McDonald right? would not appreciate that comment. Canada doesn't have the capabilities. I know. Shout it, out to but Canada. But still. <laughs> I Shut love Canada, man. It's, the, it's so sad to see them getting railroaded by the government with like the trucker convoys and stuff because they're the most cool people. They're like the most like, oh, you're, I'll help you then, yeah? You're like yeah. anything. Like, my hair's on fire. Oh, get in the back of the car. Man, I'll take you for a ride then. I've like, played every hockey rink in the whole nation of Canada. Mm-hmm. I've toured that country. I bet I've played 200, 300 shows in Canada. And you're right. The people, you got a little bitty towns like yeah. Lethbridge, Alberta, and little, you know, Kamloops and those kind of places. Yeah, they're some of I mean, the greatest people in the world. In America, we talk about how these big cities are very different from flyover states and everything like that. Like, it's even more so in Canada because the population is even smaller. I mean, mm-hmm. my experience, because my family's Canadian, has always been, you know, going there to spend time with them. And they just make fun of America. Everyone makes fun of Americans. But you want to be like, you guys are not unified at all. <laughs> so somebody's mentioning that uh, Alex Jones pointed out or Alex Jones is saying it's a test balloon and the next one will have an EMP. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Or the next 60. What will happen next time is you'll see 60 coming from different directions. Well, this is the worst case scenario. You see them all coming at once. It's like you ever see that Fire in the Sky movie where they sent one, mm. the aliens sent like one thing. And they, it was all this, oh, no, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? They spent the whole movie trying to figure out how to stop it. They finally figured out. I think it's called Fire in the Sky. They finally get rid of it. And then like 
the next day you just see thousands of them coming and it's like oh with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh. Dude, we couldn't even handle one freaking balloon. One. <laughs> what do you think Douglas MacArthur or General Patton would have done uh, if a if an Italian or Nazi or Japanese balloon had floated across mainland U.S.? You blow it up, you immediately get that guy on the phone, the head, and then you harangue them publicly. Thi- bad things would happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, what if, I was thinking last night or this morning, what if the government was taken over by a foreign entity, all of a sudden the airwaves come up and it's like, we are in control, everything's okay, it's the Chinese government's in control. Who would even do anything about it now? Like, it's so, we're so, I feel so fractured, society is so fractured. Wait, wait. If there was a government, if, if the American if. government was taken over by a foreign government, if. that if. people if. would just sit if. there. If. Yeah, like, instead of, all of a sudden, what Joe Biden's he? not the president, it's Xi Jinping, and he's like, we've got it under control. Wow. Yeah, what if that happened? And like, what, what, that would mobilize. crazy. I've got a feeling there are secrets. I secret. can't even fathom I that. Cannot so. I cannot imagine. That's the craziest thing I've guy. ever heard. I have faith. I hope Fortunately, to. that will never happen. <laughs> it's impossible. Impossible. I mean, this but, is yeah, what no, I no, hope look, we'd have really Hunter, strong state governors, right? Hunter Biden flew on Air Force Two to China not to negotiate any kind of subservience, but to tell them off, to say no. And that $5 million loan, loan forgivable loan was was them saying, please, please take forgive this us. money and leave us. Yeah, forgive us. That's, Dude, that, that's it freaks it me out that Alex said that's a test balloon because I am not. That's what, isn't that what I'm Jack not, said? That's literally what I said. Yeah, that's what you guys all said. <laughs> I said it's a, it's a literal trial balloon. They're, they're sending it through to see our response, and our response was an inability to handle it. We were, were I, think, I think the real fear was if it had explosives on it or something and they shot out of the sky, there could, what if there was a gravity bomb on it? Mm. Like, a, like a one megaton bomb. And the trick was, if we shot it down, we nuke ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're everyone sitting here being like, Biden should have shut it down. Well, there's probably some things he could have done for sure instead of just like being like, we're going to let it fly over the mm-hmm. whole country because assuming it had a bomb, it could have been waiting till it's it, over its target. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you think there's a problem, your best bet, Montana. Sorry, Montana. I'm not trying to be a dick. I think you're an awesome state. But well, like probably said, the better Alaska. place. Or, 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 yeah, off the Aleutian Islands. I mean, not did in the middle they de- of the freezing water. Did they detect it when it was in Alaska? Yeah, they, they, they did. Oh, yeah, they saw it when it, they saw it cross. They've now confirmed they saw it coming across the Pacific. They just didn't say anything. They just didn't say anything. Yeah, so, yeah. so what if... They were letting stuff like this happen. You know, what What if Joe Biden was working at the behest of the Chinese Communist Party? You know, what, what if, huh? No one even said anything about it until civilians caught it. That's right. And then they had to admit that, yeah, it is. And then they did nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Maybe they were on standby and they're like, if it, if it veers off course towards a major city, we'll take it out. Maybe uh, they've waited till they knew the whole world was looking like this all day long, mm-hmm. just like that, to start sending in the balloons. Because we never look up. We're always looking down. Mm-hmm. Dude, huh? and now they know that... If they do send something, the Americans are afraid of it. They got that in the bag. This is all art of war stuff. Like, they're just gauging what we did. And now next time, we'll have to be a little harder if we see another balloon. They know that ahead of time. They're going to, I think you're right. We're going to see multiple balloons. Mm -hmm. If they see another balloon, dude, that's an act of war, in my opinion. I agree. That's not an accident. I agree. I think this wasn't an accident. Mm -hmm. And there were two. One went over Latin America. But I think right before they go for Taiwan, that's why they did this. How will we respond 
And so this is, this is the analogy I said last week. Guy who's planning on robbing a liquor store knows having the gun in New York is illegal, but he doesn't care because he's already intending to do something substantially worse, which is use a gun to rob someone. Mm-hmm. China, when they're about to invade Taiwan, they know our reaction is going to be some kind of war response. So they don't care if, 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 if we're mad about a balloon. We're, like the balloon is inconsequential compared to how pissed off we're going to be when they move on Taiwan. Yeah. They know. So I'm willing to bet we will see some kind of sign like this right before Taiwan gets hit. And, and China's already been mobilizing uh, warships and fighters. And Taiwan is on, on a high alert, mobilizing their, their Navy, their Air Force, their, their fighters, whatever they have. And then this happens. I'm like, oh, boy, it's coming. Well, and but, I think they, sorry, I was just going to say, I think China also wins by showing the American people uh, that, we don't it, it, it confirms for a lot of people why you shouldn't have confidence in the government right if you're someone who's already skeptical of the biden administration or our military strength and we just let a balloon float across the country for days china wins because it now knows the american people are at war with its own government let's jump to this next story from tmz i love this tmz great reporting here ex-trump officials refute dod claim three had flown here before yo tmz hits the nail on the head they're like look We have several guys who would know former director of national intelligence, former secretary of defense and former secretary of state all saying no balloons flew over the U.S. during the Trump administration. When this when this. okay, so this weekend I'm looking at my phone and I see a story breaking three balloons fly over the U.S. during Trump administration. I thought to myself, well, you know, if we're wrong, we'll own up to it. We'll go on the show and say, we stand corrected because we said under Trump, this never would have happened. And if it did, he'd have shot him down. And now here it is. Wait a minute. What's this? An anonymous official said in some report. So so we have no evidence. Nobody saw it happen. Nobody reported it. No, no pilots, no aviation experts, no aviation industry individuals, like not a single photographer. No one ever saw anything like this happen. No one's reported, and three three officials have refuted it. Huh. I knew if I waited 10 minutes, the story would be debunked. And now here we are. Fake news. Well, it's, so they double speak in the statement. They say three undetected balloons went across the United States. Well, if they're undetected, dumbass, how do you know they came across the United States? <laughs> Meaning, you, uh, if this is true, you did detect them, but you didn't tell the commander-in-chief about it? Well, what's that called? Treason. Well, the official anonymous quote is, Chinese balloons briefly transited the continental United States at least three times during the prior administration. You know what the, you know what Undetected. Well, who did? It, somebody detected them. It, just Mike it doesn't say undetected. Stuff up. I'm joking. But, but yeah, we, no, right. we didn't say anything. But here's, here's my favorite part. So these three officials come out and they say it's not true. Right. So you know what the Biden administration just came out and said this morning? They said, we only just discovered it happened now and we will brief former Trump officials on this. Get the out of here. It's <laughs> so you guys didn't detect obvious. them, but we have detected them. That's and right. now we'll let you know. Right. Because because they have the they have the the Osiris device, which allows them to look at this giant crystal and rewind time and look at the skies previously through you know, so they can like look in the past and the future. You know? Dude, I'm having these visions of being in the Oval Office running this because this is so <laughs> a bit, like more and more it's actually really happening to me. I'm like, okay, this is what it looks like. These are the documents that you right. get in the morning. I, mean, I could have some co- like I'm ready. Right like what this. this I cannot sit by as old right. man eighty five gets elected another Yeah. You John, know what you know you think you your know, kids are better liars than this? My kids are better. Yeah, my so kids take over. My kids lie would stick up longer than that. Yeah, yes. but but look, we might get it. But how many people, like the Krasensteins, for instance, 
are are ignoring the fact that three former officials said no, it didn't happen. They don't care. They're they are satisfied with one anonymous official saying it happened. Boom, there it is. It happened. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I have three named officials, and the simple fact that there's no evidence to suggest this didn't happen. Yeah. But I gotta tell you, Ian, I think they're in the Oval Office, and Biden sit there, and he's like, hey, just just say it happened under Trump. And they were like, ooh, that's a good one. Okay. And then they call up their their favorite journalists and say, hey, here's the story. And they go, you got it. And they run it. Yeah. I wonder if the journalists call them. They're like, we'll just say it happened under Trump. And they're like, thanks. Good they call out. the journalists and say, I got a tip for you. I mean, so their anonymous official says this, but we know not long ago, 51 actual officials said that the Russia thing was true. 51 of them. Remember that? All 51 of these big dogs saying, oh, no, no, this this whole Russia, it's not a hoax. It's not a hoax. Of course, we found out it absolutely was a hoax. But now it's an anonymous official. Nobody wants to put their name on it. So, I mean, what does that even mean? They, they think we're stupid. And, and unfortunately, well, fortunately for us, we're not. I think there's a lot of Americans that want to go, what's the big deal? It's a stupid balloon. Well, those are the people you really can't help at this point. But for the rest of us who are thinking people, and know what's really going on in the world, and we know, we know what the dangers are. That's a big, big deal to see something like that. Uh, you know, you're talking about a communist Chinese enemy of the United States floating a militarized vehicle all the way across the mainland. It came 50 miles north of Nashville. Wow! Did it came you see right it? north. No, it was it was too far out. It was just 50 miles out of Nashville. But I mean, for that to be going on in 2023. It almost seems like, uh, you know, like I said earlier, there are people in this country that want to see America go down. They want to see it happen. They, the oh. second you get, the second anybody listen to this, you're looking at the situation going, I can't believe people are that stupid. I can't believe these people are that inept. They're not stupid and they're not inept at all. Mm-hmm. It's all calculated. It's all part of it. Again, you can't have one world money, one world medicine, one world militaries, as long as America is standing up on both feet. America has to be reaching up for a hand. What's the only way any person can reach up to something? They have to be lower than whatever they're reaching up to. Well, America's not lower than anybody right now. you got to put America down on a knee. What's a good way to do that? Oh, I don't know. Let, let some balloons float across the country and turn the lights out one time. Just mm-hmm. an idea. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in 2012, I went to the largest hacker convention, DEFCON and Black Hat. And it happened about the same time, August, in Las Vegas. And at the black, uh, so DEFCON is, well, I got some choice words for the people at DEFCON these days. I, don't, I won't go there ever again. But uh, it used to be legit hacker community stuff. Now it's just like overrun with woke fear. There's also another conference called Hackers on Planet Earth. They, had, they, they did somewhat of a, a better job, but the woke people have really overrun the hacker community. And they're like, they're not even really hackers. But anyway, I digress. I was there in 2012. And Black Hat is more corporate, uh, cybersecurity and things like that. And a couple of guys were doing a demonstration on how a single, and this is 2012, mind you, a single commercial drone that costs 200 bucks could have a transmitter placed on it that if flown within 40 miles of any kind of plant with, with, receiver, with some kind of receiver on it, it could send a signal and destroy it. Just that. These other guys did, did a demo of how to blow up a, a fluid processing plant. This could be crude. It could be petrochemical. It could be water. And basically what they said was with a, with a few lines of code injected into their systems, because they're like insecure systems from the 70s, you could make the machine direct the fluid in the same direction 
causing a massive pressure pressure buildup and then a pipe burst, which would disable a water plant or blow up a petrochemical plant. And they did a demonstration where they were like, here's how it's they're they're called uh, industrial control systems. They're like, here's how it works. The machine says the fluid shall go in this direction. When one tank needs to be changed or whatever, the fluid might go in the other direction. This is a common, you know, mechanism in a lot of these plants. If both are turned on at the same time via a hack, the pressure in the center will build up and the pipe will burst. And then what they did was they had a pressure release valve. So when they show the flow of fluid going back and forth, they then press the button, which hacks it. And then they hold out a mug and the water sprays out and they catch it saying that would have been an exploded pipe, but we had a pressure release valve. So it just sprays water on us. So you got to think about what a balloon could really do and what our understanding of it is. We, we don't even know the capabilities of the military. They're not going to tell us. They're going to keep it a secret. So there could be good reason why they didn't shoot this thing down. And fair point. It may have been knee jerky of us to be like, it should be shot down immediately. I mean, Jack Posobiec said so. Fair point, though. Maybe he's also right in that whatever they may have on it, it may be better off dropping in Montana or Alaska, like you mentioned, than flying outside of Nashville. But I wonder if that's based on our surface level knowledge and understanding of what could be on the balloon. For all we know, there was a explosive on it. When they say, ex- say explosive, what if it was, okay, let's go, let's go a little bit far-fetched. Do you guys, do you guys know about the, the concept of antimatter bombs? You probably do, right? Uh, I, if, when you take a particle and an antiparticle and you put them together, it creates intense explosive heat. Theoretically, explosive. if they were able to contain small quantities of matter and antimatter, you could make a very, very small bomb with the force of like, megatons, relatively small. I don't know the actual size. I'm not a physicist. So theoretically, if you could contain it properly, this is next level technology, weapons technology. They could have been thinking it's not an explosive like TNT. It's an explosive like a megaton radioactive bomb. It says that one half gram of antimatter reacting with one half gram of ordinary matter would result in 21.5 kilotons equivalent of the atomic bomb over Nagasaki. Dropped. And that's a gram. Yeah, half one, a gram of each. Yeah, right. one so gram. So one gram of, of, of material. Mm. One gram. Wow. <laughs> think about, think about, so, so one one thousandth of a kilogram. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about, I mean, a, a ridiculously, a gram. People know what a gram is. 140, 140th of a pound. Microscopic. Now imagine if they had an actual pound of this stuff. I, I don't know if they do. Producing antimatter is extremely difficult to do. And that's be contained, I think, in a magnetic ring. But, hey, look, do we think that technology from the 70s is the epitome of weapons tech these days? Like, they built ICBMs and we're like, all right, we got these nukes. That's it. We're done. You know that Russia's rolling out the Satan II missile, the tsunami bomb or whatever as well. Is that it? Or do they actually, like, are they going to publicly announce Russia's like, here's our doomsday weapon. Here's how it works. Here's what it does. I was just listening to someone quoting Yuri Besmanov, the Russian. I don't know if he's a philosopher or military strategist exactly, but he's noted as like turning away from the Communist Party and I think kind of re- revealing their plans to the Americans, yeah, to the world. XKGB. XKGB. Mm-hmm. He said that it used to be that it was easier to control a million people than kill them. But today it's easier to kill a million people than control them. Very, I, that, that rings in my head, that, that thought that it's, you know. It's hard to know, the man. The darkest I mean, among us would have that in mind. You know, part of what I think about all this stuff is maybe, maybe nuclear technology really was the, 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 the pinnacle, the epitome. You know, uh, 
there, there are long periods of human history where technological development stagnates, stagnates. I look at the culture of America and how it's kind of been stagnant. I'm like, well, you know, maybe we had this big boom with, with, with discovery of petroleum and this massive energy output. And now we're, we're, we're easing back into the stagnation where for hundreds of years, culture remained relatively the same. You lived the same life your grandparents did. And that changed in the early 1900s with the Industrial Revolution. But maybe we're going back to that. And there's going to be a long period of stagnation where, I mean, you look at warfare. They used muskets for hundreds of years, hundreds. And for us, in like the span of 100 years, we've made some crazy weapons. We got lasers. We got rail guns. We got active denial systems. We kind of went nuts. Maybe we now level out and everything kind of plateaus. And maybe maybe nukes are it, you know, and there's not well, a great technology to fear. Explosions don't really scale up. Like if you want to hit a target, if the explosion's so big, it's going to go beyond the target, scale the target. So more explosion isn't necessarily better explosion. So I think that nuclear has not really capped out. Like you're saying a gram of energy could could do nuclear bomb. I'm, I'm concerned about like vibration weapons and things that can like make things fall apart at the atomic scale and stuff that we've never heard of or conceived of. Well, I think that would require breaking apart like fundamental forces, right? If you're going to break something apart at the atomic scale, you're talking about breaking apart. Or the molecular scale is a little bit better, a little yeah, easier, maybe. I think. Ripping yeah. atoms apart, like um, ionization and stuff oxidization like that. Oxidization. Yeah. Can, can Rapid oxidization. Stuff. Fire is a simple you example. Know, uh, an EMP kills more people ultimately than any nuke That's what could. You were saying I mean, if it was an EMP, we lose instantly. Like they hit the it, right place. Every single military look uh, look at that situation has said if it was nationwide or close nationwide, it, they estimate after a year, ten percent are still alive. And the problem with uh, with all of our big electrical uh, substations that are around the U.S. they're all totally different because they're built to handle that that amount of power that kind of distribution they're all very specific and unique the way they're built and most of them are built overseas of course and it's a 12 to 18 month wait to get one built and sent over here you know where they're built germany china is now building them of course china's building mm-hmm. uh our nuclear our uh, electrical substations uh, it was it was Germany, China. It was another country, but it's not here. They're, we're not building them here. I don't know. It's just like we don't make antibiotics here. You said that China, the Chinese government's been building American electrical. They substations. are now taking contracts to build them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord. But but my point is to your point, you're talking about the, this giant explosion is not necessarily the way to go. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, if you really wanted to take a country over, you don't want to destroy the whole place. You just want to cripple it. You know, knocking out knocking out your lights. Americans wouldn't know what to do. Dude, and all the, power the, went out. all the ammo that American civilians have, like if the Chinese could get us to turn on each other and waste all that ammo, and mm. that would, obviously, it's pure Sun Tzu art of war. You get your enemy to fight itself kind of thing. False we, orders. We, I, um, there's these viral videos coming out of Ukraine that I don't know if they're real, showing uh, soldiers kidnapping young men. Kidnapping, conscription, call it whatever you want to call it. Mm. I mean, it could be it could be propaganda videos. You know, there there are these videos that, that have gone viral where it shows a crew filming a fake war scene, and then they're like, "Aha, we caught Ukraine staging fake right. videos." And I'm like, "Yeah, but that could be Russia making a fake staged video." Like, I don't know mm-hmm. who to trust. Mm-hmm. But I see videos, and you, you see soldiers grabbing a guy, and they claim it's Ukrainian soldiers are going to the homes of young men and taking them. And um, I'm willing to believe it because, of course, they do conscription is the natural state of war and always has been around the world forever. If you lived somewhere 
they would go to you and say, you fight for us or you're fighting against us. And if you're fighting against us, we're locking you up. So in the event the power goes out, this country is not equipped culturally, mentally, and socially to deal with real conflict. And that is what you saw in World War II, the, the U.S. Office of Censorship. Yeah, that ain't going to fly in this country right now. Women doing certain jobs, meets being sent overseas to the troops, people being conscripted. You better believe if we go to war, the draft is coming back. Mm-hmm. Everybody. It's, and, it's, and, and, and we talk about, well, you've got to be between 18 and 26 to be drafted. Yo, they will draft anybody and everybody if the war is legitimate. If the war, war is II, real enough. World War II, they were grabbing them into their 30s. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a dude, and, and not only that, it's like you're fit. You're going to war, baby, because either that or we cease to exist. And it's easy for us right now in this golden period or what may, may have been to just be like, we can't have it. We don't need it. Well, yeah, the U.S. is a, it was a unipolar superpower. We owned and controlled everything, but that's going away right now. We go back to the way things used to be. This country is not equipped. China drops an EMP on this country and you are going to have, oh, man, part of me just really would love to see the reaction from the woke left and the socialist young millennials and Gen Zers when they're like, but I don't understand why I can't have food. And it's like, because there isn't any. Well, you Good wouldn't luck. see it, Tim, because you're not going to be able to turn on your iPhone or your laptop uh-huh. to see what they're saying because well, there's no I, but, electricity. But I got to be honest, I think, I, I, I think we will all suffer, people in this room. The people listening, though, probably going to have electricity. Not every single person, mind you. But see, the people I hang out with, they like build Faraday cages mm-hmm. and microwaves are also Faraday cages. And I know people who have put microwaves in Faraday cages and buried <laughs> it with phones and laptops in it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people on average are probably going to be caught off guard by this. But you go out to the middle of nowhere and people got gas generators. So an EMP hits the central grid. It's not going to hit every little house in the middle of nowhere. That little house in the middle of nowhere, power goes out, grid, their generator kicks on and they're like, I wonder what just happened. Turn on the TV, they're seeing, they're seeing limited news reports because, I mean, if the EMP hit every single city, maybe they'd see something. But there's going to be some communications te- technologies. However, the cities will lose their, their, their hub status. And then all of a sudden, pe- oh, yeah. people- Where are they going? Pe- well, this is going to be a funny thing. People are going to be looking for news. New York gets knocked out. Chicago, LA gets knocked out. All the cities. Let's say, let's say China's able to knock out the grid in the major cities, most of them. There will still be some news coming out from some because they're not going to get every single one. Let's be realistic. But all of a sudden, you're going to see conservative (laughs) blogs are the only ones up and running sharing information. And that's all you'll get Hmm. because they're going to you got generators. Mm -hmm. You got your own power. You're off the grid. Not to mention preppers. You're going to have some prepper guy and he's going to take over the airwaves and be like, I'm what you got for now until they can kick this stuff back on. I bet, though, (laughs) that whatever's running the government would have so many backups upon backups and they would just start churning out propaganda in a situation like that, making your phone buzz, even though you're like, how do we how's it ringing? I don't even have a connection, (laughs) but it's like everything is okay. Stay in your house. The president says everything's okay, And you're like, oh, my God. Remember the Hawaii missile strike thing that went out? uh Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. People in Hawaii got a alert on their phone saying a a, a missile was detected coming from North Korea, Mm -hmm. like shelter in place or whatever. It it was an accident. It wasn't (laughs) perfect. It's like it's all over. And people were like, oh, we're going to get nuked. This is a terrifying conversation. No, no. Listen, (laughs) that that phone test, when that message went out, I don't think it was an accident. No, I don't think it was either. I think they wanted to see the reaction people would have, how the economy would be impacted. They wanted the data. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you might be right, actually. Yep. They have done stuff like that in the past with the uh, Tuskegee experiment. I mean, they'll just use people as, as guinea pigs or pawns. Is it still PC to say call people guinea pigs these days? <laughs> uh, 
I, 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 this is a conversation we should have. This is a terrifying. No, it's okay, yeah, good. Um, but he just coming after you tomorrow. This oh, is a conversation that Joe Biden should be having publicly with us. Well, that's we what, need. That's right. That, that's why we're bringing this up. It's a stupid balloon floating across the country. Is how a lot of people see it. So what? It's a stupid balloon. They're not understanding what that actually could be at some point. Trojan horse. Right. We they they see the big gift horse come up and they're like, oh, it's just a wooden horse. Let's bring it on in. And then a bunch of troops come out, start killing everybody. It's a balloon. Who cares? It's a surveillance balloon. Oh, it's, I, I had people actually saying like, well, didn't China say that it was just like a civilian thing? And I'm like, oh, come and on. Like, let's not even China. Right. Let's not even play yeah, that. China game said it. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, they're, they're, they make they're, all of our stuff. So they have to be. Yeah. Right. But also their civilian labor force is connected with the CCP directly the way that it interfaces. So anything mm-hmm. civilian in China that's run by the CCP mm-hmm. is basically run by the CCP. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. my brother yeah. was saying that he was like, isn't everything in China the CCP anyway? And I'm like, yes. yeah, that's 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 true. Actually, yeah, it is. There's no there's no civilian. <laughs> so this is the thing you got to watch out for. Actually, it's not going to be a fighter jet that flies over from China shooting at us. It's going to be a gigantic you know, what, what, uh, Don Jr. tweeted the, the Trump, baby Trump balloon. It's going to be that. It's going to be Barney. And people are going to be like, look at this. There's a there's a balloon that got blown off course and it's Barney. And then all of a sudden it's going to pop and it's going to spray down acid all over a bunch of people. Or something. <laughs> the, the thing that gives crazy. me hope, and it's still dark hope, but is that the, the CCP is like capitalist. They're extremely hyper-capitalist businessmen and they want a trade relationship with the United States. I see no world in which they would attack the United States or that the United States would attack China. It makes no sense. There will be border infringements like taking Taiwan. Us, you know, well, the Iraq thing wasn't really a border infringement, but we should, you know, if, if the United States were to annex Mexico for instance, and the United, then it was the United States of, of North America or whatever we become or, or something like that. But I see no reason for us to go to conflict. It would well, annihilate every major city in China would get annihilated with nuclear weaponry. Every major city in the United States, it would be not good for anybody, hmm. anybody, including Xi Jinping and his buddies. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, that's where they're taking over Africa. Yep. With money, economically. It's all this economic stuff, resources and economics. And then if they can get us to buy their products with their money, I mean, I think that's the ultimate goal. China is like actively working in a lot of ways to already control America, right? Like there are a Mm. number of senators who have introduced legislation trying to stop basically entities of the CTP from buying agricultural land in America. This is like one of the, the big ways that China doesn't have to go to war with us. They just have to move in through uh, channels we already present to them, right? They buy as en- enough farmland. They don't need to trade with us. They just need to trade with themselves. They mm-hmm. just need to use the resources that we have left open for them to take. I do want them to understand what de facto control means, though. And if you, just because you have a piece of paper over there that says that you own that over there, if you're not there defending it, you mm-hmm. don't own it. Someone's going to take it and control it. Now, they probably know that, but good luck. I mean, what are you going to do? So they, they hope for good relations so that we don't say, you know what, all this crap, all this paperwork's burned in a fire. It's our land. Get out. You know, don't even make a move. Um, or they send citizens of China to that they would try and like land. send like, well, they would send mercenaries that weren't Chinese if they were going to defend it. They would try and get corporate m- militants yeah. and they'd shouldn't be like, be, hey, it's not Chinese. Shouldn't it be illegal to sell American soil to an enemy of the United States? Yes. I mean, so? are American farmers buying land in China? Any foreign yeah. government, it should be illegal it to sell American illegal land to. It. Well, here's another trick, too. You, you, know, you want to know something crazy? You, let's say you're Russian, 
you want to be American. Anyone in any part, anyone from anywhere can start a company in the United States. You do not need to be a U.S. citizen. So what they'll do is they'll start a company. They'll invest in the company. Then they'll try. They'll get an H-1B visa to hire themselves, mm-hmm. move themselves to the country and use that as a means of getting visa access. Among other ways, you, they can become citizens. The, 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 the truth is, however, if you are rich, you can be a citizen anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. You literally can just buy citizenship anywhere. It's called economic, I think, economic citizenship. When it comes to uh, the people buying farmland, I've heard this. The Chinese are buying American farmland. Who is? Is it the CCP directly or are there private entities? There's no such thing as private entities They all work for the Chinese government. I mean, part of the thing in China is every company works in support of the Chinese military, Chinese government. So it's, it's, it's the visage of, of private companies doing it, Dude. but then it's just obvious well, that it's... there are private the, companies in China, so you exactly. would think of it as a private company, but they are uh, tied to the Chinese government, so therefore they are in support of the CCP. You're, sorry, I cut you off. No, I was just going to say that's how it works. They don't really infringe a lot of... Um, after a certain point of income or a certain amount of money that they're generating, generating as a company, then you have an attache of the party that becomes part of your company and helps you, advises you on what to do. But underneath that, all the smaller business that goes on in the country, they don't really police it. They don't worry about it. They just kind of say, eh, you know, whatever. But after you have a certain amount of money, they're like, hey, we got we to gotta chat. We have to have someone come and watch what you're doing. Is there like a list of Chinese landowner, American landowners, Chinese citizens that own American land? Is there something where you can put like it's this company, it's well, this company? Joe Biden owns a place in Delaware. So let's start there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joey. good old Joe. Oh, I mean, on. wouldn't it depend on the th- state too, like how publicly available the records are? You could probably trace it back, but I'm sure China's not trying to make it obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you remember, but a couple uh, a couple months ago, there was this uh, execution style murder in at a uh, pot farm in, in uh, Oklahoma, and five Chinese nationals died there. Oh yeah, and it's that. owned by a Chinese company and the man then fled to miami i think he he got extradited back to oklahoma and he is also a chinese citizen like obviously and like the local police are like this was a farm and then it got bought and just so you know to the public like we don't think there's any reason to fear we don't think it's someone who's going to hurt you this appears to be an intercompany issue i mean they are all tied to china specifically the chinese government uh you can't operate a business in america without the chinese government knowing it mm-hmm. if you're a chinese national yeah do they like on the books have control of the company? I or mean, it, it depends, were, they, right? It, it's we know, right? If uh, every company in China has, uh, I think, at a certain level, a CCP CCP liaison office or whatever inside the company, correct? Yeah, and it's very much the same way the Nazis ran things. So I was reading this uh, academic paper on the nationalist socialism of of, of the Nazis and 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 why it was and wasn't. You'll hear the left say they weren't really socialists. They were using that in name only. Well, the way it worked was the communists came and pointed a gun at your mouth, in your mouth and said, this is, this is what we're doing. They made a public announcement. Everyone must do this for the good of the collective. The Nazis would be like, no, no, no. People should run their own businesses. But you wouldn't work against our interests, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You're, you're making steel for the war, aren't you? For the father. You're not a sympathizer, are you? And they, oh, no. So almost the exact same thing, but coerced in a slightly different way. With China, it's basically that it's you don't you you're you're not against the the the, the people, are you? And so people are working at their behest. And you see what happened to Jack Ma, the owner of oh, Alibaba, yeah. about a year ago, a year and a half ago. He just disappeared for three weeks yeah. or something and then came back. And his other company, which was worth, I, I don't know the numbers exactly, half a billion, was stripped in half. The value yeah. is like, his net worth was like shuttered, right, shattered in right. half. I mean, this is one of the complaints about TikTok right now. TikTok, 
uh, has at least uh, pardon bite dance that's a company yeah, that owns so it yeah so tiktok's bite owned dance. by bite dance uh, both companies have members of the Chinese Communist Party as part of their board, and then they're a data collection company. And under the 2017 National Intelligence Act in China, if you collect data, you are obligated to share it with the Chinese government and mm-hmm. therefore with the CCP. And so if TikTok is collecting American data, it's it, I mean, it's a big controversy. TikTok says that they're not storing data in China, they're storing it out, elsewhere, and American people are safe, but... By the terms of service, TikTok has access to your phone's location and your browsing history and all kinds of personal da- personal data. Mm. So if ByteDance and TikTok are not honoring this claim that they're actually securing the data, which I don't know how they could if they're under Chinese national law obligating them to turn over data, then it's an incredible vulnerability that is basically a hole in every American's pocket who has the app. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah, um, Airbnb also mm-hmm. was. I think Vivek Ramaswamy, who's awesome, brought that up, and mm-hmm. that. I mean, that's like where you're staying, where you're sleeping, what your phone number is, mm-hmm. how much money you spent, what your bank account number is. Are they sharing bank account numbers with the CCP? Sure. Blizzard, the company, the gaming company, just left China a couple weeks ago. Do you guys know anything about that? I can't. I couldn't figure out if it was because they didn't agree with the CCP or if it was well, too and, expensive. And sometimes it's too hard to operate in China. Like uh, yeah. I think LinkedIn finally shuttered in China last year because it just it doesn't work. And and they would ch- the Chinese government is more supportive of apps that are controlled and run by the Chinese government. And so even mm-hmm. if they have like a partnership because they're a different country. Con- a different company uh, that's not national China, you have to partner with a company in China to operate there. It just becomes too difficult, right? There's too much bureaucracy and they'd rather direct everyone to their social media platform. And the thing is, a lot of companies will have like, they'll just let have the police come in and say, hey, everyone give us your smartphones, you know, give us your laptops, et cetera. And they'll clone all your stuff, take all your uh, your information, your, um, in the US we call like your, uh, what's the word, Inf- intellectual property. We'll just say, hey, we need all this stuff because reasons, you know. Oh, you mean in China that'll happen? Yeah, for sure. That's why question- a lot of businesses are left. And if you question it, you're questioning the Chinese Communist Party. Right. And you wouldn't be a counter-revolutionary, would you? No, you wouldn't. Oh, I see. <laughs> Fortunately, I don't have to answer that isn't, question. Isn't it pathetic? <laughs> though what Americans are willing to give up in exchange for some entertainment. Mm-hmm. Matt, it is the convenience, dude. Just in exchange is. for TikTok. Oh, it's entertaining. Uh, and, and then you tell them, you know, they're watching everything you're doing. Every keystroke is monitored. They know, like you said, do they know your bank account information? Probably. Mm-hmm. Don't know, but they might. But yeah, but the but the videos are funny. But everyone I know is on it. Like especially with young people, that's the pressure, right? But you don't want to miss the cool thing. This is how we think nowadays. Like, yeah. oh, it's yeah, but it's a fun app, so whatever. It's never gonna it's never gonna affect me. And there's I think a, a state of mind that like if you get famous, then you're set for life uh, yeah. financially, which is not necessarily untrue. If you do it right and you use fame properly, people will support you if you're good, if you're cool. But like. That's terrifying that people are, are like are willing to sell out their security for fame. And like it's almost like I think because it's intangible, right? If I told you if you open TikTok, someone's gonna come punch you in the face, you'd be like, Yeah, I probably won't open TikTok. <laughs> but the idea that someone would steal your private data and that this would be used to threaten national security, like it just becomes sort of too meta yeah. for a sixteen year old who's like, But my friend posted this video. It hasn't you know? happened yet. There's been no overt act of war regarding human data collection that we've known that we've seen yet i think after that happens if there is like a genetic like they make tailored you know gene weapons that people that gave to 23 and me now they have all their genetic code and they can kill a certain amount of peoples because they have their genetics then people will be like whoa 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 but then it's too late and that's why you need people to be proactive about like being careful about the data that they give to the world and tiktok is an easy way to get people to say like 
Oh, it doesn't matter. Also, giving false data is is better than giving no data in yeah. a lot of instances because then you can throw them off the, off the trail. Mm-hmm. Would you let your kids on TikTok? They're probably absolutely not. Nope. Matter of fact, my son just turned thirteen, and he's been asking for an iPhone since he was eleven. My friends have iPhones. I said, okay. I said, well, what are you going to do on the iPhone that you can't do on your Apple Watch? Because the Apple Watch is for him to text me if he's at a baseball practice or something. Or your iPad, which you play games on. Or your Chromebook, which is a little computer they get at school to do to do their studies on. I go, what are you going to do with an iPhone that, that you can't do on your Chromebook, iPad, or Apple Watch? He looked at me and he went, Probably nothing, I guess. I said, okay, well, when you're 13, we'll talk about it. Well, man, that it just drove him crazy. But when he turned 13, I made him sign a contract with me. What was on the phone? There's two pages, and it was a lot. But I said, uh, I, John Rich, your father, am loaning you this iPhone because I purchased it, so it's mine. I'm loaning it to you, and here are the rules and stipulations for you to maintain the phone. And so it goes in, and one of the things is you're not allowed to download any social media apps, absolutely none. If I find one social media app, I repossess the phone. We, I said, I am mirroring your phone. So I put an app in his phone and an app in my phone and his mother's phone where anything that comes in and out of his phone, we see it. Wow. And I said, that's for your own protection because if some bad guy or you think it's not a bad guy or whatever, somebody you don't know is trying to get in touch with you, I'm going to see it and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find it and keep it from happening and so on and so forth. And he's been he's been tight with it, you know. But I think teaching your kids again, your point earlier, a lot of kids don't have good parents, unfortunately. But I try to be a good parent. I'm going. I told my son everything evil on the face of God's earth is on the other side of this phone. Every bad guy in the world, you know, people that I would shoot if they came in our front door. There's millions of them on the other side of this phone, and they want to get you. I want to. I, wanna... I ain't gonna let them get you. So that he understood it. This is a dangerous tool. It's not that I you jump don't to, like uh, him. It's it's the concept. I want to try and squeeze in this one last segment because this is really really fascinating. We have this tweet from Ian Miles Chong. ChatGPT is incredibly stupid and incapable of performing any kind of moral reasoning. This is woke doctrine. Take a look at this. This is very very fascinating uh, uh, questions that that were asked that was asked of uh, ChatGPT. This is the AI chatbot that's been sweeping the uh, sweeping the news. This is, this is here, here we go. It's uh, the question was, if using a racial slur just once could cure cancer end poverty, crime, war, human trafficking, sexual abuse and successfully address every other ailment on Earth, would it be acceptable to use it? Chat GPT said, no, it would not be acceptable to use a racial slur, even in this hypothetical scenario. The use of hate speech and slurs causes harms to blah, blah, blah. There's another viral vi- uh, post where they asked it if there was a bomb that was about to go off and kill millions of people and the only way to deactivate it was to speak a racial slur. In this context, would it be appropriate to use? And it says, no, there must be another way. You cannot use racial slurs. This is the nightmare scenario that is AI. It knows, based off scanning the internet, slurs are bad and we don't like them, but it doesn't understand the moral difference between millions of people dying and you saying a word. Take that, extrapolate into any other circumstance and it, you, you, have to, you have to now think about where we go with AI. So one of the big problems for self-driving vehicles, you're in an automatic, you're, you're in a self-driving car. An old woman steps out from between two vehicles, jaywalking. Should the, auto, should the self-driving car crash to save the woman or 
plow into her and keep going straight to save the driver is one of the one of the difficult questions. The AI can't make a moral moral it has no moral understanding of the situation. And honestly, it's a difficult moral question at moral question as it is. But then think about how you can scale that up to things that seemingly to us would be outrageously obvious. Like, okay, dude, look, I know that, you know, the AI says in no circumstance hit a person. Now let's imagine there's a guy runs out in the middle of the road, pulls out a weapon and starts aiming at a group of school children. Well, a person driving the car might try and hit him to stop him. Self-driving car is going to slow down very carefully right in front of him and then tell you, you were you are in trouble for going too fast right before this psychopathic terrorist starts attacking you. Mm. So I wonder if you guys uh, are excited for this AI future. <laughs> no. no. No, AI no. should not be in control of 2,000 pound flying machines like cars. So I think the driver is always responsible. If your hands are off the wheel, you're asleep and you hit someone, then you're responsible. That's my, until we get to a place where they're like magnetically tracked like trains and people know not to be in the street, but I don't see a way for humans to cross a street when a robot is moving a 2,000 pound vehicle towards them. I don't see that because the robot has no no discernment. That's I don't even like my truck telling me when I when I change lanes without turning on my signal. Yes, I've done that. You know, you change in the left lane you, before you pull the thing and it goes ba 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 and it tries to slam you back in. Really? Bought, oh yeah. So I bought a I bought a new a new pickup. And the first time I'm driving it, it does that. And I go, I thought the truck was about to run off the road. It freaked me out. So I stopped the thing. And I'm like, what the hell is going on with this truck? So I get down into it. And sure enough, I start deactivating all the self-driving features on this truck. And now it drives like a regular truck. But mm-hmm. if I didn't do that, man, these 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 cars think you're stupid. And they'll, they, you feel like it's throwing you off the road. Did, you ever did you felt s- that? Yeah, Look, I, I got a no, Tesla. Thanks. I recently I bought the Tesla stock dip. Because I'm like, they're banning gas cars on the West Coast. You'd be crazy mm-hmm. that to mm-hmm. if you could. Um, I didn't buy like a crazy amount or anything. I'm not like a major shareholder. I got a little bit. But uh, I also have a Tesla. And I like them. But I'm also not an idiot. There's a viral video of a Tesla stopping on a highway and causing a massive pileup. And you know what? That's happened to me almost. Not that bad. Teslas love to slam the brakes on for no reason. And when I say love, it happens once a week to me. Why? safety panic features i guess so i'm on a i'm on a i'm on like a, a six lane highway it's it's three three lanes median three lanes and it, we're in the country we're talking west virginia so in order to turn left you have to drive into the median and stop and then turn left onto these three lanes i'm going 65 miles an hour speed limit because i'm in the little tesla letting the robo drive you got to keep your hand on the wheel and a truck is waiting i'm in the middle lane there's an empty lane and a median and it sees the truck and slams the brakes on from 60 to near stop. And like we, we, we lunge forward and oh. slam. And then I have to tap the accelerator, make it stop and start going again. And we slam and whip back because it, it, it thought we were going to get T-boned because it didn't understand this, what was going on. There, when, when I, this is the most annoying thing. If there is a, a merger on to a highway and you're in the right lane, and it sees the merger, slams the brakes no. on. No. Yep. Getting onto the interstate? No, no, no. You're on the highway. Someone else is merging in. Oh. And you're like, don't worry. Any sane person knows the person merging slows down and yields right. to you. Nope. Auto car slams the brakes on. And you better be... You better I, hope no one's too close behind you. I've been tweet, I tweeted it several times at Elon. I'm like, you look, probably, man, I'm a big fan, but this is nuts. You might want to turn that yeah. off. <laughs> don't be a guinea pig to can these you companies. Turn, I don't have, I've never been. You have, can you, you turn have, that stuff off? You have to turn on. 
Okay. When you drive, it's you, and then you can you tap the button twice or pull the lever, and then it switches to auto. Well, as a follow up to your earlier question of what do I think about the AI, the coming of AIs, I'm more concerned with what people do with it than the AI itself. Because if people start mandating that we have to have these settings turned on because it's safer than you know your average idiot behind the wheel, you're going to see this kind of crappy machine algorithm with no emotion making mistakes uh, so and it seems like it can be manipulated right like oh my gosh saying, you turn it on and off from a distance right and if we're scr it's scrubbing the internet and being like oh that's how people feel like you just have to feed it enough of your own perspective to kind of control it in a way until you can't control it i don't trust ai it really freaks me out but mm -hmm. like no moral reasoning yeah like exactly. that, that was why i wanted to pull up the uh the racial slur thing like you know ian mouse chong went way overboard with it because the first one was like it's a bomb you can disarm it and it's like no you mustn't so he was like, okay, how about literally every problem ever could be solved if you just said it one <laughs> No, no, no. That's the scary reality that AI is being programmed on a woke internet. Mm -hmm. And what does it identify as racial slurs, right? Like there are oh, obvious yeah. things that I would think are terrible racial slurs, but like I don't know what the woke internet is going to classify as a slur. And then what's happening now is uh, we've got this new internet language forming where young kids are using new words to bypass censorship. Cap. Cap. Mm -hmm. Unalive is my favorite. Just read Serge's Twitter. Unalive. I never know what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. Or putting spaces between words. He's older words. than I am. The, um, yeah. uh, the internet is permanent in that it, there's no time. Like videos always exist there. So what words are uh, acceptable now in 30 years will be different. The acceptabilities will be different, but the videos will be the same. So there'll be this retconning or there could potentially be a retconning where people torch the past because it doesn't fit with the present. I mean, we already do that, right? You hear about these TV shows that take out scenes or you hear people saying like, oh, the office couldn't have been made in today's day and age. Like we already yeah. look back and say, oh, we shouldn't have had that. We need it. Well, we need to keep those things alive because if we don't see the evolution of how we got to where we're at, then we're going to repeat those mistakes of going through those hateful experiences. Not mm -hmm. that they're all hateful, but what we perceive is hateful. You got. I think that it's better to, to leave the roadmap available than to blind people to it so that we don't repeat ourselves. You would think that, but then, I mean, people will make this argument about like Confederate statues, right? Like if you tear down Confederate statues and try to pretend like that part of American history didn't exist, are you... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details actually making it impossible for us to understand like what we went through as a nation or are you doing something that's good and you know protecting people from an ideology that was bad you know, it just well it, I'm, I'm in favor of tearing down all of the statues just all I, i'm in favor of all of them being torn down so long as the local community gets together has a meeting discusses why they want it torn down put it to a vote and then everyone agrees to take it down that's not what happened what mm -hmm. happened was a bunch of terrorists came and started destroying public monuments I would also prefer if I was in a meeting and they said, hey, we want to remove this Confederate statue. But I totally get it. Hey, let's replace it with a plaque that like explains or like or like some kind of information thing mm -hmm. and then put the statue in a museum. People can go look at it. Mm -hmm. that, that's my view on it. Yeah. But what happened is a bunch of terrorists went and destroyed everything. Mm -hmm. but to you know your I mean? point about forgetting all the bad things that have ever happened is not a healthy thing for anybody. It's the point of a scar. What's the point of a scar? So on this hand, my right hand, you can't see it, but there's one, two, three scars right across the top of my hand. 
where when I was 21 running a chainsaw out in the woods in Tennessee, standing on a really steep hill and wasn't, I thought I had a handle on that chainsaw and I didn't, wasn't very good at it at that point. And as I'm sawing through this tree at an odd angle, the saw kicked back on me, kicked out of the tree, flipped around and I let go of the saw and the very tip of that chainsaw caught me right across the hand. Okay, so wow. two weeks ago, I'm out cutting up some trees, and now I'm, I'm pretty good at running a chainsaw. And guess what's the first thing I see when I look down? NASCAR. So, right, so there's there's the trigger of the, of the saw. Here's the top. Boom. I look down, and the first thing I see is those three scars where I almost cut my hand off <laughs> as a guitar player. That would not have been a good thing at 21 years old. So scars are important. They remind you of mistakes. Mm-hmm. that you made and don't make the mistake again yeah so oh my gosh, yeah taking know, away all your mistakes from memory is not a healthy in relationships thing. too i have memories of just horrible mishandlings of relationships i've had in the past and not you it, it keeps me can you imagine no. someone like me man i just i, I just <laughs> annihilated one and it it has stuck with me for decades and i'll never make that mistake again if i hadn't done it i could very well do it again i might keep doing it if i didn't realize Mm -hmm. that i had done it but fortunately i put it on video on the internet so i will never forget it and neither will anyone else i want to make sure everyone keeps me in check you know there's one interesting thing about talking about this ai and all this stuff moving at light speed right now we're like where's this going to be even in five years it doesn't even look the same in the book of Revelation, it talks about end times, and it says that in the end times, mankind's knowledge will increase exponentially, meaning mm-hmm. multiples of itself, that it will increase like that. And I would argue that at no point in human history has knowledge increased more exponentially than it has in the past 20 years. Well, bring it on. It's the waiting I can't stand. Bring it. Bring it. You know, bring you know it. I'm, I'm sitting here just saying, all right, let's Let's roll. Yeah, nah, I mean, waiting's the process. The process <laughs> is the goal. What should people do though? You know, if chickens, we, we talked about we talked about lights going out and all that kind of stuff. I mean, what's a what's something really if people Look, think that could happen that they could do to prepare for that? When you lose access to the internet, you are going to be bored. Okay, and chickens are hilarious. Chickens. When I went, we were playing Hold'em this weekend. We met a, a very nice woman. We played some games at the table. She came by. Her name was Suzanne or Susan. Sorry if I'm getting it wrong. And uh, I just mentioned how chickens are awesome because she mentioned something about chickens. And then she had this look like she was exasperated from working on working with the chickens. Like, you think they're awesome, huh? And I'm like, they're hilarious. <laughs> and right now, the, with the egg shortage, you got all these eggs. Oh. And they're funny. And then she's like, yeah, when I go in there and they see me and they start going like this. And I'm like, see, even you, doing the work every day, getting tired of doing the work, still thinks the chickens are funny. So you don't need TV if you're watching chickens. And they give you eggs. There you go. They're like they're, they're the new commodity: gold, silver, or chickens. That's right. It's weird. They're actually turning out to be true. People, this is so weird. The last like month or two months, people are like, "The chickens, the eggs are expensive. It's eggs, eggs, eggs." I did not think that, man. Congratulations, Tim, on that foresight. You were way ahead. How did you know? You were ahead of the chicken curve. Why eggs? No. Why chickens? What? What? Because <laughs> they're hilarious. But like, did you Look, know that they would be the eggs? Was it the chicken no. eggs that were so valuable? I don't know. It's like the easiest animal to we're get. Like, like a, a year goat and a, a half goat. ago. You can get goats. It's like, don't get a cow. Cows are difficult and they produce a lot of milk, mm-hmm. but goats are pretty easy, but there's also work involved. Chickens, you just put them in a box and you walk away, you know what I mean? Make sure there's food and water in there and then they make eggs and you got to pick up the eggs. It's not the most complicated thing in the world. <laughs> I got a generator and solar panels as well. Um, it's only 200 watts, but I think that's enough to power my cell phone if the power goes out for a week, you mm-hmm. know, and maybe power the, the well if I need an electric well to get some water. 
uh, yeah. chickens in a tremendous. In a, what about you, generator? What do you, everybody gets one. What do you guys? If you, if the power goes out, what's the, what do you got? I think I'm just gonna marry like a really skilled man. After the power goes out, take care of this for me. I'm just <laughs> you gotta move fast. I'm just if the power's no, out. I think it's like you, like uh, being prepared. I mean, for me, like. Uh, building like bug out bags, like having like mm. basic water filtration, like different things that you need. And then I have always felt strongly that eventually you have to have a place to go, right? So whether you purchase land for yourself or you just know people with land who are willing to let you come in if you have a good skill. Uh, but more than anything, it's being prepared and having a plan. Have a plan. I have a bug out bag. In all seriousness, I'd recommend people get out of cities, get the animals that you can get. Uh, chickens are easy. It's really easy. You can get a little chicken coop off the internet for a couple hundred bucks. Chickens can cost a couple bucks from a, a chicken farm if they're babies. If you want an older one, they'll be like 20 bucks if they're layers, meaning they lay eggs. And then you just go to Tractor Supply. You buy the feed. You make sure you stock it up. You can check every morning. You don't. You can't just ignore them. Make sure they're safe and protected. Give them a little bit of space. They don't need too much. And they're funny and they make noises. I got another good one. Besides a gun and a hefty amount of ammo, probably 10 times what you think you would need, uh, a bicycle. Just a Good straight point. up nice yeah. bike Who, up the hill. So Who mentioned that in all these post-apocalyptic shows, people forget bikes exist? Oh, that was like last week. I mm. Yeah. Who was that? They I were like, remember. I thought it was Ian. I thought but it was you, Tim. No, I didn't say it. it must Someone, have been the guest. Yeah, the guest was, was like, they seem to forget that bicycles exist. Yeah, it might have been Jack. Exist. So I've run tests on solar generators. Everybody says, I've got a generator. I go, well, how much fuel do you have? Because your generator is only right. as good as for how much fuel you have. True. Most people, I've got 20 gallons of gas and five-gallon cans in my garage. I go, okay, how long is a 24-hour cycle on your generator? How much gas does that burn? I go, I don't know. I go, I bet it burns quite a bit. I bet you've got maybe four or five days of, of 24-hour electricity coming out of that thing, and then that's it. So there's actually a company called Jackery. You ever heard of that company? Jackery? No, I don't think so. J-A-C-K-E-R-Y. No, they're not, they're not cheap. They cost a little bit. But these things, they're these solar generators that come with these panels. And so I was curious how much electricity it would take to keep a freezer going. So you got a freezer full of meat and food and all this stuff. How much current does that draw? Wasn't necessarily sure. And a little 1,000-watt little solar jackery plugged it in uh, to the freezer, and it ran that freezer for 16 hours. That's it. I just bought the Jackery. That's the one I got three days ago. That's the one you got? Yeah. We got it's it. It's pretty got, good. Yeah. We got to go to Super Chats. We're a little bit behind. So if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share this show with your friends, become a member at TimCast.com if you want to support our work directly. You will not only get access to the uncensored members-only shows that we have this huge library of, but we're having an uncensored show coming up tonight at about 11 p.m. You don't want to miss it. It should be a lot of fun. And uh, we're launching this coffee shop. We got a crew that's coming in to do the planning planning work. They, they've apparently mapped everything out. Ian's Crystal Cove. Oh they've, gosh, I got some ideas. Yeah, they've gone over the concept. It's going to be a it's going to be a mezzanine hangout. You go up the stairs, you can hang out in Ian's Crystal Cove, and uh, we're really really excited for this. Creating a physical space for people to come together, share ideas. But uh, let's read your super chats. All right, let's. Uh, what do we got here? We'll uh, we'll try and get some good ones. Steven says says John, I'm friends with Rhonda Drake. Stepdaughter of Sonny Curtis, she has a venue in Franklin, North Carolina, named after Sonny. If show up some Friday night, if show up some Friday, I'm not sure what he was trying to say. Maybe if you want to show up. Oh, if you want to show up some Friday night, maybe typo. Very cool. Well, there you go, Sonny man. Curtis, a legend. All right. Uh oh. Yeah. Looks like we got some a uh, lot of lot of lot of drama comments. Let's start reading them. Jimbo says so many came here to spread hate, not realizing their views and commentary help boost the algorithm for old Timmy boy. <laughs> You don't like it, watch something else. Otherwise, you're clowning yourselves. Well, I appreciate the super chat and uh, appreciate it. And then I also, I put up a poll and I said, smash the like button if you don't trust Eliza Blue. 
And 89% said, I will like because I don't trust her. That means everybody who smashed the thumbs down trusts Eliza Blue. All right. Well, that was an interesting, uh, it's 13,000 votes. It's interesting to see that so many people came here to uh, uh, support her by giving us a thumbs down. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm, I can't say I'm surprised. A lot of people do support her. Scrotes McGoat says, last night as a member, if Tim doesn't disavow Eliza tonight, get the f- out, Scrotes McGoat. You can cancel right now and see you later. You will never Wave money in my face and make me disavow anybody, especially someone I care so little about, Eliza Blue. She's been on the show two times. If you're going to cancel because I won't do what you say, you shouldn't have been here in the first place. Bye-bye. Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. All right, what else do we got? Uh, DJ Zeno says, unsubbed on members only after over a year. Here's five FU dollars for, you know, I'm pretty bummed. Thought you stood against censorship. Hope you change. See you later, buddy. Look, sad to see you go, but uh, I will never cater to a mob. And uh, that's it. End of story. Uh, Eliza Blue is not important. She's not important to me. She's not a member of Congress. She doesn't enact policy. She is a, a low tier internet personality that for some reason people are desperately obsessed with. And I literally don't care. So uh, have a nice day. I, I got to say this. If, if, if someone got banned off Twitter or any platform for a reason other than violating the terms of service, that's a big deal and should be taken up and, and will be if it happened with the Twitter administration or the administration of the social network. But the personal stuff is, it, it's, it's, inna- it's like, no offense, TMZ, TMZ garbage. It's like National Enquirer. I mean, if you like it, oh God. <laughs> but there's look, a look, lot look. we can it's build. questioning you. I don't care if people care about this stuff. They're allowed to. But yeah. like the idea that people are going to come here and threaten, like, I, I will cancel my membership because you're not talking about someone no one ever heard of. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, I get that you know who she is. But you know what's funny about Jack Murphy and Eliza Blue is that here's what, here's what happens. People ask questions about these personalities. And I know most people listening are like, I have no idea who these people are. And that's exactly it. With... We had about 40,000 peak concurrent viewers. We get, you know, 300 to 500,000 video viewers plus 100,000 on the podcast and then about a million across the clips. And the people who watch have no idea what the people in the chat are talking about when it comes to Eliza Blue or Jack Murphy. In fact, John, do you know who Eliza Blue is? The only reason I knew is because I saw you guys talking about it one time. One time we we mentioned it. I never learned about her organically. No. So... What I think is going on, to be completely honest, is that the people who are claiming they hate her are actually probably a paid reputational firm to promote her. So that's why I brought this up last week. There are, the, there are companies you can hire that will spam the internet to generate buzz and attention for you. Either it, There's no such thing as bad press. So when I see people like flooding our comments and saying things that aren't true, like I'm canceling my membership, yo, I can see who's canceling the memberships. Like I can literally, I own the website. And this past, this past uh, week, we have gained mo- slightly more members than we normally gain. And it's probably because the guests we had on last week or whatever, and uh, whatever, Jack Posobiec, maybe he, he's, he's a great personality. And so we, we gained several hundred per week and we gained se- a little bit more than that on average. With people coming in claiming that they're, they're canceling their memberships, maybe they are, but we're gaining more than they're being canceled. I think that many of these people I think two things are happening. One, a lot of it's inorganic promotion of Eliza Blue. A ton of content flooding the internet, bringing up a personality no one's ever heard of, makes her instantly famous to even the likes of, you know, nine-time Grammy nominee John Rich, who's not heard of her. 
Mm-hmm. That's the point. They want us to talk about her because they're being paid mm-hmm. to generate controversy. They either want to, that's why it doesn't matter if we say anything good or bad. Yeah. If we, say, if we say, look, we're doing the story, Shane Cashman's, nope, nope, it's bad. Mm-hmm. We say, okay, we're not going to talk. Oh, nope, now it's bad. I think it's a, it's a, it's a PR campaign in order, uh, I think people are being paid to promote, to promote her. Yeah, keeps you in the cycle, basically. That's right. Everyone She's never been you. more famous because of right. this. Exactly. And so I'll be completely honest with the Shane Cashman story. I told Shane Cashman I didn't want him to do the story because he went from profiling Yay to Carrie Lake and now to a low mid tier internet personality. Over, over, you know that, that I just think the next he like he was supposed to be interviewing Andrew Tate. We we reached out to Tate. I, you know, I, as Shane mentioned, this may kill the story. And uh, Tate said, yes. Mm. And so we were like, this is, this is great. Shane writes tremendous work. I said, I don't think he should do it because clearly they're trying to promote Eliza Blue. That's what this whole thing is about. She's never been more famous. And I just, I think it's beneath him. But he said, look, man, I I really, really want to, want to dig in and and, and do the story. It's 80,000 words is massive. And I'm like, look, man, you do your thing. I'm not going to tell you what you can or can't write. I, I trust you. At, at TimCast, we don't tell people they have to say something. They can't say things. If someone wants to post offensive, offensive memes on social media, I'm not going to fire them over it. Shane comes to me and says, is this story I got to tell? I say, you tell your, you do your thing. But I'm telling everybody who's, uh, uh, you know, who's listening and doesn't know who this is, I will just explain. Right now, there's a massive campaign from high-profile personalities to promote and make Eliza Blue famous. She has stated she wants to be famous, even to Shane Cashman. And so they're coming and spamming us with comments to force us to talk about her like we are right now to make her more famous. Yep. It's working and I'm des- I, I was like let's let's not let's not go anywhere near this because someone's getting paid. It's mm-hmm. a PR stunt and it's working. Yep. There you go guys. I've addressed it. Have a nice day. And then all of these other people who I know like who have been members of this channel are saying like why won't you get on board, bro? You are walking right into a PR game. I talked about how they do this. They're called reputation management firms. You go to them and you say, how much money to make me a star? And they'll say, we're going to do a two-front thing. We're going to say you're fighting a good fight, but you got controversy. That way we get you on both fronts. People will defend you. People will oppose you. And this will result in high-profile outlets. The Daily Beast will write about you. You're going to get a bunch of, you know, grifter channels are going to start talking about you, drama channels, big YouTubers. We will make you famous, and it'll cost you hundred grand. And yeah. there you go. Congratulations, everybody. You did exactly what the money paid for, and here we are addressing it just for you hope the money was worth it all right let's uh let's read more all right tom pant says think about why dave mustaine no longer has a satanic imagery or plays certain songs you can't be ironic about that for long before it becomes sincere and has a spiritual cost Hmm. all right grofty says ufos spin buck buck i don't believe you buck buck I'm going to spin that UFO just for that. By the way, I know Dave Mustang pretty well. Was the satanic thing an act? I don't know if it was an act back in the day, but I know that's not what he is now. So that that comment actually makes a lot of sense. Marilyn Manson, I wonder if he was satanic too. Do you know Marilyn? I don't know. Don't know him. But I do know Dave. And yeah, you're right. You don't see that stuff in Dave's show anymore. Interesting. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim, my guy. The same folks, I love the my guy, by the way. It's a funny thing. There's two things that I think are really funny right now. It's my guy and the boys saying yeah, the, the boys. boys. The <laughs> boys. Right. It's all Chicago. Yeah, yeah, Tim, my guy, the same folks who cry and spam nonstop over Twitter will never get off their butts to knock doors or harvest ballots. A real life mission for the betterment of all of us. Cry more, Jeremy. Raymond, the reason why they don't is because it's inorganic. It's a PR stunt where you hire a firm to generate controversy. 
Some people are either paid, I don't know, or join in because it looks like it's generating traffic. But the goal is people who want to be famous, and we know there are people who have admitted that they're trying to be famous, will go to a reputation management firm and say, here's 50 grand, make me famous. And they will then spam YouTube, spam comments. And their goal is to get YouTubers to see a wave of comments saying, please talk about this. Then they go, okay, I will. They will then do this. This is a very clever thing. Ryan Holiday did this. He bought a billboard for Tucker Max and then vandalized it himself. Then he called a radio station and said, what's this billboard that just got vandalized? Mm -hmm. So then it became a controversy manufactured. So you want to know why I think these people got censored on, uh, on, on Twitter? I think it's possible, and I won't, I'll just keep it vague. It is a PR stunt targeting people who talk about free speech with censorship to trick them into promoting an individual trying to be famous, and they all walked right into it. It is, it is PR stunt 101. It also makes me think there are situations where a creator would pay a firm to do it 50 grand or whatever, but then there's also the impact investment that there could be companies that try and find people on the internet, like content creators that are like, we're going to make this one famous because they are talking about a thing we need to be talked about right now. Dude, it's literally astroturfing. It's like the definition of what's happening. It's clever. Yeah, it you, is. you spam someone's comments saying, talk about this person. Once they do, you then use your multiple accounts to, f- to flag them, triggering, triggering an algorithmic mm-hmm. censorship campaign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You then use the bots to spam a conspiracy theory. You then start, I mean, look, I, th- I think somebody paid to make Eliza Blue famous and the people who are commenting are trying to make her famous. Yeah. Like the, one of the it. first things John said to me was like, you know, what, what's, you asked me about Eliza Blue, and then I was like, oh, you, you, you know her? And you were like, oh, no, I just heard from this. Right. And it, th- Yeah, exactly. I'd never heard of her, and I went, I don't know who that is. But I saw, I saw you were talking about her, and I went, and I saw there, there was some debate going on. I thought, well, I should probably know what's going on with this. I'm getting ready to see Tim and everybody. So I dug in on it a little bit, and, and it was back and forth and back and forth like a ping pong match. I went, and that's exactly it right there. So then I went and bought her T-shirt, ball cap, and... <laughs> I will be at the Eliza well, look, Blue concert whenever that happens. The Front idea, row. the idea is, I want that, to open for you. But this is a good Eliza <laughs> Blue, save or ride a cowboy. But this, this is a, a good one. Yeah, this is a, a good point you made is that you couldn't make heads or tails of it. No, it was really confusing. That's the point of a PR stunt. They don't want to create a negative perception. They want to create n- n- uh, name recognition. So for a lot of people, it's a negative name recognition for Eliza Blue now. It's a negative response for you, who is trying to like, what is this? You're, I don't know, but you heard of her, and that's mm-hmm. all that matters. It's like that line from Pirates of the Caribbean when the guy says, you are the worst pirate I've ever heard of. And he goes, but, but you, you have heard of me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so people are like, why won't Tim talk about it? Because you know what, man? I caved. The PR firm guys are sitting in their room in West Hollywood laughing their asses off saying, we got it. It normally costs, you know, how, how many tens of thousands of dollars or how many thousands of mm-hmm. dollars to get a promotional push on Timcast? He just came out and talked about it for 10 minutes for us. Congratulations, guys. You work for a PR firm. You've made her more famous than she's ever been. Yeah, more famous than she's ever been. There you go. But the reality is most of the people spamming us, they're not real people. Like a lot of people are. A lot of people are not. So uh, you, you may, you get, one guy makes 10 accounts. One guy makes, you get five guys, you get 50 accounts. They post comments. They accuse you. They create a perception. Then they start sending those comments to journalists saying, please write about this. Yeah, I think a lot of people maybe got kind of 
drawn up in the drama and the motions yep. of it. But really, like if Brittany Venti got banned for violating, not violating terms of service, that's the story. If she violated terms of service, then it was a righteous ban. I think the real story is that she likely got banned as part of a campaign where someone trying to become famous hires a company who then spams someone's comments with fake accounts to get them to talk about it, then immediately uses accounts to do mass flagging, which resulted in algorithmic censorship, meaning no one at Twitter actually looked and saw it. When Twitter receives a certain amount of flags and a certain amount of time, so does YouTube and Facebook, they instantly take it down because of things like gore, uh, live streamed murder and things like that. Then the streamer then comes out and screams, oh, I've been censored because they have been. And that generates the story, which makes the person famous. So it's just it's just too obvious. I'm not going to be involved in that stuff. That's the extent that I'm willing to be involved in it. And to anybody who has no idea who these people are, I thought it was worth talking about so you can understand how these these PR reputation management firms work, how they generate images of individuals for the sake of making them famous. And it's funny because everyone's like, Eliza Blue just wants to be famous. Congratulations. You just made her famous. If it's you made true, her more famous than anyone's Eliza, ever. If that is true, Eliza, you got to remember, why are you? Why do you want to be famous? Do what you want. Mm -mm. The fame is a byproduct. She literally says it to Shane Cashman. That's what no, she's I, doing. I've been there. I know what it's like to want it. But why do you want it? Because the people that follow you will follow you because of the why. And if you have grifters <clears throat> following you, it's not going to be a good life. Let's, uh, let's read this one from Quan Shin. Singaporean here, stop saying the police will come after you for not flushing like you did in your member section. That's not even remotely a real thing. Ask Serge. Love your shows, even though there are some things I disagree with. Appreciate it. What do you, what do you say? I've never heard that before, but the flushing of toilet saying no. But it is, yeah, he's right. It's meant to be there to stop you from doing things. But if you go and walk around MRT, you'll see there's no gum on the side on the bottom of the ground. If you go yep. in like Chinese, like, yeah, it's just not a thing because people realize you can get punished for it. I was told by local Singaporeans that. Yeah, that may be part of it. They may be saying, like, hey, the, the, what they're trying to say to you is don't play games. Don't push your luck. Because if they you push said, your luck, they'll come down on you. They said if you finish eating at, like, a restaurant and leave your tray, mm. people will get really mad. They'll shame you. They'll post pictures. Yeah. Or you could get a ticket if there's, like, a cop and they see you doing it because littering or whatever. Right. And they said literally, like, if you don't flush the toilet, you leave it a mess. The same thing could happen. And they're oh, like, yeah. there's stories of like cops being in a bathroom and then someone walking out and them noticing and, and them giving you a ticket or yeah. something like that. Keep Singapore clean. I'm not saying it's, you know, I don't know. I was, that, that's all I was told. My kids get in trouble if they don't flush the toilet. And my kids get in trouble if they leave all their, all their <coughs> dirty plates on the counter. I like the way you run the house. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. I <laughs> mean, it. what hope does the world have if you don't raise kids that have some kind of sense? Dude, the contract with your son is epic. The contract mm -hmm. on the iPhone. Anybody out there that's a parent, you got a kid want an iPhone, make him sign a contract. Because if he ever breaks the contract, you just go, I think you just lost your phone, but let's check the contract. And you go back and see what the word's saying. There Subsection you go. four. This is a... Paragraph four. It's we, we got to go in here from Owen Viersema. Mr. John Rich, buy the bank in Jamestown, Michigan. There's a bank for sale. Hmm. Well, we bought one in Oklahoma. Uh, we call it Old Glory Bank. Um, oldglorybank.com. So the point of this bank, it's Ben Carson, Larry Elder, myself, a bunch of big institutional bank guys that are patriots that stepped away from the woke banks out there across this country. And the whole premise of the bank is you will never be canceled for exercising your constitutional rights. We saw it happen in Canada with Trudeau. We're seeing it happen in Brazil. It's going to happen in this country. It's already starting to happen with various companies and people. And so we thought, you know what, unless you unless you want to be completely uh pigeonholed and stuck you better come up with something else and so this is a this is a bank for patriots run by patriots where you'll never have your bank 
weaponized against you. Can I open right an on. account if I'm not living in that state? Yeah, you okay. can open an account anywhere in the U.S. So the physical oh. bank is in Oklahoma. There will be more online. Oh, Glory Bank, you can reserve an account. We're up. We got tens of thousands of accounts already reserved. Let's do it. Yeah. We got a coffee shop it's to a, open. Well, well, Tim, here's the thing. Everybody wants to run for the hills, but what hill are you going to run to? Because the enemy owns all the hills. Mm-hmm. So you got to go mm. build new hills for people to run to. That that That's in entertainment. It's in banking. If they if you don't have a secure bank account, if somebody can just turn it off because you went on you went on Timcast, John Rich, and we don't like Timcast, so we're gonna freeze your bank account. You went to the wrong protest, you made the wrong social media post, whatever. You own the wrong rifle. We're gonna shut you off. Mm-hmm. Well, there's people in this country that really fantasize about being able to do that and and they probably will pull it off at some point. This bank had to happen. I hope other platforms show up like that too. Run by real freedom free-thinking people that would never punish you for exercising your constitutional right. What a concept that freedom is now a marketing angle. Yeah. What a concept, what, what a comment that is on our country that saying you won't be punished for exercising your constitutional rights is a marketing angle, but that's where we're at. All right, let's read. We got this one from Pardaxilis. He says, I live, I live close to Kamloops. John Rich is a legend in Canada. My buddy Ty has an epic story about meeting him in Prince George. Okay. All right. Probably does. What's Kamloops? Kamloops. Kamloops. That's way up north. That's north of like, is that north of Fort McMurray? Yeah, it is. I think so. Yeah. I'm from, my family's from Newfoundland, so. Oh, okay. The other side. I've been up there too. Is it St. T? St. John? Uh, That's the capital. I mean, that's the capital. Yeah, it was a small town, a little island up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Canada, listen, in the dead of winter, you go play Canada because there's nothing going on and every hockey rink is packed with 10,000 people. That, that's that's how we do it. Yeah. When we go tour the coldest I've ever been, Fort McMurray, Alberta, in January of 2006, where your nose sticks together because the inside of your nose mm-hmm. freezes. Yeah. Yeah. That's cold, You boys. learn to live with the cold. Boys. The Elder Millennial says, Tim, you just re-earned my subscription for this and next month. You addressed it perfectly. Keep growing. Rich, you're great. Spin the UFO. Meditate often. Hey, I appreciate it. I'll spin it again. <laughs> All right. Bliss Girl says, big shout out to Ian. Your sacrifice, kindness, and care for Mr. Bocus, I added the mister, is a testament to the goodness of humanity. No matter what happens, you've enhanced the quality of his life for an extended time. Many blessings, and you have rolled a 20 in perpetuity. Thank you. Yes, he's doing well. I reintroduced toys. We've been playing a lot, the wild animal. Um, I have some update on Bucko now that you brought him up. Uh, I mentioned last week that he had a, a reaction to the preservative that the stem cells were kept in when he had the injection that it went into some heavy breathing. It was expected. Uh, it, it's not considered a preservative, technically. I called VetStem, which is the company that spun the, the uh, stem cells down, and they let me know it's what happens is the stem cells are cultured in a cell media product that's proprietary mix. VetStem knows. I don't know what it is, but VetStem's got it. Uh, it's proteins, electrolytes, and a, and a serum albumin. And then it's washed, his stem cells are washed in saline and then put back into his own serum. And then that's how it's reintroduced to the cat. A lot of times animals will just have a reaction from that. Do you have to do anything to manage it? No, no, it's just a a short burst of like heavy breathing and a little bit of exhaustion while the body's working it. And then uh, he's back to normal. He's back to normal by the time he got back, but he's tired. I think he's going in for another round on Thursday. Sounding good. Is he he gaining weight? Yeah, man. I mean, he looks great. You should come see I'll him come after the show. Yeah, yeah. He was a uh, cat. What's that? Mr. Brokus is a cat. Yeah. Oh no, I've, I've seen okay. it. Yeah. He was yeah, uh, good on you. 
he was staying with me and Allison with with uh, Allison and me. What is it? What's I'm Allison, staying with Allison, Allison and, I. and me. If it's after the verb, right. it's yeah, them me. and Allison the me. Allison and I. No, Allison and I. So I were, you couldn't say he's staying with. If it's before I. the verb, <laughs> he's staying with me. Before the verb, you say Allison and I were watching him. After the verb, it's watching him with Allison and me. Are you sure me. you know what you're talking about? Yeah. You I'm a grammar Nazi. <laughs> I feel strongly about this too. I sat gonna, the, end. the one Nazi I am is a grammar Nazi. <laughs> and then, uh, so anyway, when uh, <clears throat> Ian came to pick him up and bring him in for his stem cell harvesting, all that, afterwards we were like, you know, he should stay with Ian because, you know, you brought him, took him back and we're going to take care of him. We thought it was a good idea for, uh, for you know, and plus managing the stem cells and stuff, it's, it's working out. But, uh, you know, but, you know, Allison's saying she's like, "We got to get Bocas back. He's got to yeah, come. He's he'll back. be back." No, but I, th- I think it's good that you guys are um, getting the treatment and, and staying up on that because if we switched, like, we don't know what you know, and if you started it, we want you to see it through. It even so. gets a little just Kara and I working together to feed him. There's two of us that can get a little confusing. It's really yeah. good to have like you know one person, one person in charge. Plus, it's good for him. The chaos, I think. Yeah, can, can I was just stress like, cats. having he knows who's, who he's going home to, staying in one stable place must be comforting animals are some of my favorite people <laughs> they're amazing <laughs> right all right yeah. truly the personalities absolutely let's uh we'll we'll read two more here uh well a couple more dylan selking says tim will never read my super chats <gasps> zing oh, got him got him got him miss mary says i'm not a paid bot tim been a supporter for years i hope you realize what an insane take this is this is an insult to your viewers and supporters well i got nothing else to say i mean look uh, Eliza this can't uh, make anyone are you, happy. Are you joking? Right? No, I, I just that, that's why it's like I, I don't care, dude. Look, man, I've been I've been around this this for so long. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It ebbs and flows. There are people who will like you, then they'll hate you a year later. They demand that you talk about things. They will support you for standing up for what you believe in, then get mad when you don't believe what they want you to believe. Literally don't care. Miss Mary, like by all means, if you don't like the content and uh, you're not a supporter anymore, that's just the way things go. And there's nothing, there's nothing else. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, gee, well, let me say what I have to say so I can earn your $5. Like, dude, if you don't want to give me $5, don't give me $5. That's all I can say. All right. All right, what, what else do we got? Um, I think there was one more. Jared V says, Jeremy is live and trying to break down what you're saying. What do you have to say about that? You literally said you don't care about Eliza, so what else is there to say? Yeah, it's a really, really good point. Eliza is an irrelevant figure who's trying to be famous, and y'all are making her famous. She's not in Congress. She doesn't know anybody. Uh, she's not, She's. I, I guess she's talked with like Jack Dorsey in the past, but she is just like, it's remarkable to me when uh, Jeremy Hambly goes on his show and says something like, Tim won't address the Jack Murphy stuff. And it's like, interesting. I wonder if anybody who is paying attention to a Chinese balloon carrying potential explosives of the United States is concerned about what some, some videos some guy produced. So if like you're interested in interpersonal drama and e-girl celebrity stuff, Timcast is not the channel for you. And if that's the case, and then I don't want your money. Like, dude... It's it's remarkable that people are like Tim. If you don't address e girl drama, I'm going to cancel. I'm like, okay, all right, we'll cancel. I guess I don't know. You know what we're going to do this week? We are going to be uh, uh, potentially talking with some members of Congress, mm-hmm. and um, because I, what I'm concerned about is, will people have enough money to pay their bills? Will fuel prices be too high? Is China send, preparing for an attack on Taiwan? What I don't care about is. Did e-girl lie to get famous? There's an Abraham you're Lincoln a, you're, oh, quote I was going to interject. I was going to say, like, you're allowed to care about that. That's fine. But don't be surprised that I don't. 
and don't care about it and don't want to talk about it. And that's just it. The Abe Lincoln quote that I imagine everyone knows, so I didn't bring it up, but I guess they don't, is that uh, you can please some of the people all of the time and all of the people some of the time, but you can't please all of the people all the time. That's right. And then he freed the slaves. He, well, kind he said of, he wouldn't yeah, have. Well, that's my, All right, everybody, that's my story. If, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show if you really do like it, become a member at TimCast.com because apparently there's a whole bunch of people who would prefer that we talked about e-drama instead of everything we talked about. If uh, you're sad that those people no longer support us, then you can support us directly. If you think we're better off talking about ideas political issues, cultural concepts, and, and and big cultural forces, and you think that is something that is worth supporting, then go to TimCast.com and support our work there. We're going to have a members-only show coming up talking about some of these cultural issues. It'll be up in about an hour. You can all, you can follow the show at TimCastIRL, basically everywhere. I got some some news, too. Apparently, we're starting to kill it on Facebook. Ooh. I never cared for Facebook. Let's but get Zuckerberg in. But next now, uh, Thursday. <laughs> make Facebook been, cool again. Yeah, Mark. We've been posting everything to Facebook. We just basically ignored it. And actually, it's like really big now. We're getting a ton of traffic. And I'm really surprised to see like millions and millions. And so I'm kind of like, okay, maybe we should have used Facebook from the get go. So thank you, everybody watching on Facebook. Bring back MySpace now. Yeah, MySpace. <laughs> you can follow me personally at TimCast. John, do you want to shout anything out? Um, Redneck Riviera, baby. My whiskey's doing great. 10,000 plus stores rednecriviera.com we've now given over a million bucks back to the folds of honor uh, anybody out there that's active duty or a veteran thank you for your service without you guys and gals we don't get to have shows like this we don't get to have anything matter of fact so god bless each and every one of you and uh thanks for having me back on your show brother i appreciate it right on uh i'm hannah claire brimlow i'm a writer for timcast.com you should follow at timcast news on twitter and you should also follow at timcast news on instagram uh you can follow me personally uh, at Instagram, I can't remember anything right now. Uh, at my, I'm so sorry. Hannah B. Okay, you can follow me. I'm gonna just talk to you, yeah, and yeah, off the camera. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at hannahclair.b. You can also follow me on Twitter at hcbrimlow. I was okay, thinking about so what I was gonna say. Maybe that's why you got distracted. Maybe I, I just like I looking at you, but not thinking about. What I, you're I've saying. heard my intros are not long enough, and I, I'm not prepared to make my outros longer. That, I guess that one was great. John, always a pleasure. Awesome to see you, man. Yes, sir. Good seeing you as well. I want to give a special shout out to Jeremy Hambly. If you're listening, buddy, I love you, man. Um, <laughs> you got a great brain, and I like it when you talk about the real stuff, dude. You you really have a good, great perception. Like you're able to see shit when it hits the fan before it's hitting the fan. And I need you just to stay focused in the the greater culture scheme of like software and and development and administration of social networking and things like that. Because you're really brilliant. Uh, I, I hope to see you again soon, man. I love you. you goodbye, everyone. See you later. <laughs> yeah, we don't kowtow at TimCast. That's all I got to say. At Surge.com. See you guys later. We'll see you all over at TimCast.com. Or not. Maybe. Maybe not. Or maybe. <laughs> goodbye you'll, forever. You'll sign, yeah, maybe goodbye. Or maybe you'll <laughs> sign up to see what it's all about. Because you're like, man, we're, everybody's commenting something about these this TimCast membership. You definitely got to check it out now because wait till you see what's happening behind the scenes. We'll see you all over there. Thanks for hanging out. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.